This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where in this edition we will be talking about the players that we want to keep at Tottenham Hotspur, the players that we want to sell, the players we want to see go out on loan and the players we want to see leave the club by ripping up their contract. I've got three very special guests to talk about this subject with. Back with us is the Sun journalist Dean Snoggins. Dean, welcome back. How are you? I'm okay, thanks mate. All good, thank you. What's, uh, what's the job like at the moment with, uh, with the season ending? Uh, it's been a pretty hectic weekend, obviously, with the, uh, with the City stuff. And I'm just literally seeing the parade pictures uh, here and, uh, and wondering um, how come we were the side that um, could get the better of them that nobody else could. And we, yet we couldn't do it to anybody else. But, um, but yeah, wouldn't it be lovely to see us lot um, on the top of a bus at some point? Absolutely. I say that every week, Dean. I tell you, that's all I want to see. Tottenham Hotspur lifting trophies down that high road. That is exactly what we deserve as Spurs fans. Also uh, back with us is the Irish Hotspur, David Harris. Dave, how are you? I'm absolutely fantastic. You know, things are moving. The appointment of Ange looks like we're getting our number one choice goalkeeper as well. So, um, you know, exciting times ahead. Dave, um, tell everyone about your channel before we get started. Yeah, I run a, a fan channel called the Irish Hotspur. Um, you can find me over there if you like what I have to say, or if you like my input over here. Also back with us is channel regular Craig Demon. Craig, you recently celebrated your 50th birthday. How are you? How was it? I'm all good, thanks. And yeah, thanks for all the messages from everybody. It was really lovely um, to receive messages from people. I don't even know wishing me many happy returns. Some really nice messages. So yeah, I've just turned 50. So um so what what was quite nice is a lot of people said uh, that they were older than me, <laughs> and I, I got the impression life begins at fifty, so it's it's not all too bad. And just going back to what Dean said, uh, I think the only bus uh, Spurs fans have been on is a four nine six in the Romford at, uh, at the moment. But uh, let, let's hope there is a an open top top bus parade coming now. We've got big hands here, so bring it on, bring it on. Well, let's start the show by talking about our new boss, Ange Postecoglou to Tottenham Hotspur. We had to wait 71 days for this appointment on a four-year deal. Dean, let's start the show with you. Let, let me get your thoughts on the appointment of Ange Postecoglou. Are you excited? I am very excited, actually, yeah. Um, I, just a sort of a bit of background to it. I, I really didn't want another one of those European super, na- uh, super names. And I can absolutely say that, that is uh, that is not because I didn't want them before. I was all for Conte. I was all for Jose. But I just felt like we'd done that. And, and you know, the Luis Enrique name didn't excite me at all. 
you know, the, the sort of very limited links to Zidane that were there quickly, I, I wasn't excited about whatsoever. I just didn't want to see that same thing again. You know, that this this mega ego coach who was uh, felt that they were bigger than Tottenham Hotspur and then wanted to remind everyone of it every single time. That just what not what I wanted to do. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I would have loved a Nagelsmann um, and would have would have been fully behind it. But having said that, and that's some of the things I've read the last few weeks, fortunate enough to have a, a close mate who's a Celtic fan and another one who's a Rangers fan. And I think you say it says all you need to know that the Celtic fans felt very similar to the Tottenham fans at the beginning. Oh, is this the right thing? Who is this guy? And then they read about him and then they saw him and they're so excited and they, they know that they can't keep hold of him any longer. And the Rangers fans are dancing because this they didn't think they would ever get near the title again as long as he was there. So, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm hopefully... I'm hoping we'll see some straight talking that is what he's promised um, to the board as well as to the players and to the fans. And uh, and then also get us on board with some of this um, this really high-intensity, high-press, fast football that we've seen from Celtic. Dean, what do you think will be different at the football club under Postacoglu? Because, of course, we've gone from uh, Maurizio Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte. You know, Many of us thought that we'd be successful under one of those managers. It hasn't happened. What's going to be different this time? Well, from what from what I can gather, and I say again, lucky to have some links and and in, within my job to some people who are working out there in Scotland as well. And he has apparently this ability to to very much make a player feel like a million bucks. And I very much got the impression under Conte and definitely under Jose that you know there was this close knit circle of players who were in were in the circle of trust and were you know the ones that those managers could get the best out of. And if you weren't quite with them. You, you were against them and you weren't there. And it seems to me that I think that there'll be a, a much more come one, come all spirit with, with Ange. And he, he seems to be able to foster this, come with me, lads, on this journey. And, um, and as long as they give him the tools and the time for that journey, I, I'm really excited about that. And I think, you'll get, I think you'll get the dressing room a little bit sort of on edge again, you know, not this either sad or happy. You know, you need, like, you see this again when looking at these pictures of Pep Guardiola. And, you know, the, the, the relationships he's gone through with the likes of Carl Walker and Phil Foden and Jack Grealish and those players that he has on edge all the time. We want, we want them back on edge again. And they perform at their best when they're, when they're there. So hopefully that. Dave, are you excited by the appointment of Postacoglu? I'm very excited by the appointment of Postacoglu. Look, he wasn't my first choice by any means. But, you know, we've had to accept the reality. Once you've had Pochettino, Jose Mourinho and... and um, Antonio Conte at your football club, there's only so many other world-class managers that you can turn to. So we're always going to end up, you know, in and around the Pasta Coglu sort of names. And for me, I think he's one of the most exciting we actually could have got off that list. Everywhere he has been, he's completely turned the club's fortunes around and he's got every everyone to buy into exactly what he wants them to do. And for me, that's the biggest asset. And where we are right now, at Tottenham Hotspur, we're back where we were when Pochettino first walked in here. We need that rebuild. We need Pochettino for the first little while. He used the likes of Adebayor and people like that, but very quickly shelved them and brought in Kane and others and sort of, you know, that, that new era of Tottenham Hotspur. And for me, this is exactly where we're at again. We've had too many players here for too long that just don't want to work hard enough for this badge. And that will no longer be acceptable underneath someone like Ange Postacoglu because the very 
core and the basis of everything that he does starts with hard work and dedication. And if you're not on board, you will be gone out of this football club. If you're not prepared to move in and out of possession, you will not see the football pitch. And that's what we need at Tottenham Hotspur. There's too many players that have been here too long that are more trying to hang on to their careers by any means possible rather than actually performing on the football pitch. And they have to be shipped out in order for this club to progress. It's been held back for too long. And it's also going to be very good to get back to playing on the front foot possession-based attack on football. Playing in the opposition's third, you know, playing to our strengths, which is the likes of Kane and Son. But I do stress this can only work as long as we give him the tools to succeed. We have to improve the worst backline we've ever had in our history at Tottenham Hotspur. That has to be decimated, ripped apart, and brought and rebuilt. Also, the goalkeeper as well. It looks like we're about to get that one over the line. So that's a good start. And for me, I just urge for fans to give this guy time because, you know, as much as we want to ridicule the board, this, that and the other, we are very quick to shout for managers to get out of this football club over the last three to four years, knowing that, you know, there's players at this club that just aren't good enough. And at some stage, we have to give a manager a chance to build something. You look at Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, um, Guardiola at City, you know, he had to revamp that squad and everything else. And they were all given time. Arteta, Arsenal, and the proof is in the pudding. You give them time, you will build something and you go on to challenge for something. You look at what we do under Pochettino so we have to get back to that and for me I think Andrew's the right man I think he'll get fans to buy into him very very quickly I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, Andrew Postacoglu as you know every Irish kid is sort of giving Celtic as their, their second team so I know a lot about the guy I'm very very excited a lot of fans will be uh, won over very quickly by this guy so those who are underwhelmed get prepared to uh, you know start praising them because it's definitely going to happen what do you say to those Spurs fans, Dave, that are underwhelmed and uh, and don't think this is a, a big enough name for Tottenham Hotspur because he's not managed in one of Europe's top leagues? Look, I get it, right? First of all, I think I have to say that I do understand that it is underwhelming compared to managers we've had here, Conte, Mourinho and, and Pochettino. So if you're comparing it to them names, it is very underwhelming. But what I will say to people out there that, you know, there is a style of football that you can all get behind for too long. You know, for the last three to four years, it's been very, very defensive. The games have been a long, hard watch. It almost feels like a full-time in its, uh, job in itself, just trying to get through a football game watching Tottenham Hotspur. So that will no longer be there. You know, you'll have the excitement of Tottenham being on the ball, creating chances. So that'll get you to buy time. But the biggest thing for me is you have a Jose Mourinho and a Conte who have only really mentioned their last 22, 23 years under Enoch, that sort of history. They've completely ignored all the history that we had before that. Um, you know, the double the double win inside in, 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 in the 60s, first team to win a Euro, uh, English team to bring back a European trophy, this, that and the other. Ange Postecoglou will mention that side of the history and he'll change the thoughts and the culture in and around the football club because... With Conte and Jose, it was constantly, this is the negative history. This is what you have to try and overcome, this, that, and the other. Whereas Ange Postecoglou will say, this is Tottenham's history. And if you want to be in the same conversations as these legends, go out there on the football pitch and prove it. And for me, once he actually starts mentioning, you know, our good history, that, that will excite a lot of fans as well. You know, just to have that recognised, not what Jose Mourinho and Conte like to deem us as. So for me, I think there's plenty that they can get behind. Plus, his training methods. I urge people to go and watch Mike Duck. There's been a lot of talk about Jose Mourinho and Conte, you know, on the training pitch. Are they training these guys, this, that and the other? Well, there'll be none of that on the ranch past the Coglu because if you watch that Mike Duck training session, it's unbelievable. And I think the biggest thing is for me that I took away from that is that... 
with Jose Mourinho and a Conte, they're very quick to criticise the players without sort of any encouragement or anything like that. Whereas Ange Postacoglu, he'll criticise them and then he'll double down and say, the only reason why I'm saying it is because I know you have it in you and I expect more. And a lot of players will buy into that. And I think you'll see a team on the pitch that reflects that, a team that works hard out of possession and wants to go and win games in possession. And that's ultimately what fans will get behind. Craig, I think it's fair to say that you were one of those doubters about Postacoglu, but uh, like many, you know, when you go away, do your research and, and seeing what the guy has achieved and what he's uh, done at previous clubs, that is why the excitement is there now uh, amongst a number of Tottenham Hotspur fans. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> yeah, I was 50-50 when he was uh, announced or just before he was announced. And um, yeah, I totally done a 180 on it and 100% behind the guy. And I couldn't agree more with what Dave said. It's... I've just got a really good feeling about this manager. You know, I didn't particularly when Jose come in, but I tried to get behind him even though I didn't like his brand of football. Similar to Conte, I was more excited about Conte because of the fact he'd, he'd, he'd won more recently uh, and I thought he'd turn us around, but, you know, he improved as a first-year, second-year kind of fell apart. So, and you always knew that that argument was going to come and he was going to blow up. So, I'm just looking forward to having a guy in now that, but look, look, when Pochettino was at our club, he wasn't a big name. And we was all a bit underwhelmed by Pochettino. And look what he did. Um, these managers have to start somewhere. The difference with Ange is he's had success everywhere he's been. It's just we haven't heard of it because they're in the so-called lesser leagues, you know, in Australia, Japan and, uh, and, and in Scotland. And obviously the, the Scottish Premiership's not as strong as the English Premiership. But he still had to get that done. And he, and he did it. And he's won everywhere he's been. Um, everyone deserves a break. He obviously thinks he's ready. From doing the research, I think he's ready. I think he's going to really, really rip through this team, get rid of who he doesn't want. He doesn't look like he's going to take any crap off anybody. Um, and what really interests me is, is what Ali said on the podcast last Monday. And if anybody's not watched it, go and watch the one from last Monday discussing Ange Postecoglou because Ali gave a great insight into, into our new manager. And he said he... he he does like tapping the almost untapped Asian market and, and the South Koreans and the Japanese out there, and he pulls real gems out. And there is a guy, and I've forgotten his name. Somebody in the comments will probably um, know, know him. He's a, he's a young uh, Korean playmaker, left-footed, very fast, very tricky. One of you guys might know his name. I can't remember his name. Really, Kang and Lee. Really, yeah, yeah. Is, say again, Dave, say again. Kang and Lee, is it? That's it. That's him. The players like that would be perfect under him. And um, I'm just really, really interested to see who he's going to bring in. Obviously, uh, the links with David Raya are great. I think he's a really good goalie. Looks like we're going to get that one over the line. I don't think it'll be for 40. It'll probably be near a 30. Because um, they've already bought in a, a backup to him or a replacement for him, shall I say. So it looks like that one's going to get done. Very interesting at the moment because we've still got no director of football. So... Interesting yeah. though, if Angie's driving these these rumours, these transfer requests like the Madisons and all that. So I'm sure they're working on it. Um, it looks like even though he doesn't start till first July, he's heavily involved anyway. So yeah, I'm really excited by by this appointment now. Dean, before we talk about what we're here for, um, have you got any uh, latest information on uh, James Madison, David Raya, and a director of football at Tottenham? 
Uh, well, Craig's absolutely, absolutely bang on with Raya. I, th I think it's you know he wants he wants to come to Tottenham. He you know he the, the wages and all of that sort of stuff is is not an issue. Um, there's probably a little bit of um, of stuff to be sorted with Loris here as well. You know, it's you've, you've got to get your ducks in a row as a club before you start bringing in the next one. Um, and uh, yeah, there's no way it'll be 40 million, but it, it'll be some somewhere between that 25 and 35 mark, I would imagine, with different add-ons and whatever. Um, the uh, the other ones you said. So we've got uh, yeah. Well, the Kane one is still, is still the main issue, isn't it? Like you know. I think everyone's fairly confident he's going to stay. You know, we're, our information very much is that he doesn't really want to go abroad and it would take some mega offer to, for him to, him to go anywhere. Um, you, you know, your viewers may or may not have noticed we've not really gone there as a, as a, as a newspaper and as a website with most of these Kane rumours because, you know, we very much believe and we, you know, we know that... The people close to him are saying the same things. You know, if Tottenham were willing to accept an exceptional offer from someone like Manchester United or Man City, then there would be a conversation. But Levy's just not going to entertain that unless that offer is, as I said, exceptional. So I think that one will will sort of do what normally happens and rumble till the beginning of the season with Kane. And because he's such an unbelievable professional. And, you know, we know he loves the club so much. We'll probably get as good a cane this year as we got last year. So, you know, that's that's all fine. Um, and what was the other one you asked, Chris? Sorry. Director of football. Director of football. I'm not sure, to be honest. I know that uh, I know that Postacol was already working very closely with Munn. And, you know, this July, the first thing you should absolutely ignore. Um, Postacol yeah. is full-time working <laughs> and uh, and getting things ready and viewing things and, and ready to go. He's... He's he's not a part time guy. He's uh, he's full on and full in already. Working Dane, but do you, th do you think? Um, sorry, sorry, Chris. Dane, do you think um, there'll be part of Postecoglou that that will think I can get Harry Kane to sign a new deal over the next year? You, you know, he's going to trust in him. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. And and you know, there's a there's a very there's a there's a there's a split split here, isn't there? I'm sure there'll be a lot of fans who think, well, let's get a hundred million quid for Harry Kane whilst we can still get a hundred million quid for him. But um, we all saw what happened with the Gareth Bale money and how that can go not not quite as right as we want it. And in my opinion, just very very personal one, Kane to me is worth more than a hundred million for one more season because if he does take you back into the Champions League or he does win you a trophy, then it's worth every penny. And so, therefore, and to go back to your point, if we did do that, then why wouldn't Kane stay? You know, it's okay. We're back in. Let's let's say the the best case scenario, right? Let's take the best case scenario. We win the League Cup uh, or the FA Cup, and we finish fourth, and it's all progressing forwards, and it's all going lovely. Kane will go. Well, I've got my trophy. I've taken my club there. I'll I'll break the record. I'll sign for another two years. So yeah, I think that Postecoglou will think he can do that, and I don't think he would have signed as as manager if he didn't think that he had the tools to do those things with or without Harry Kane. I love it, Dean. 18 minutes in, you're talking about winning trophies already. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're here for, uh, we're going to go through the whole squad, every single player. Do we want to keep them? Do we want to sell them? Do we want to loan them out? Or do we want to rip up their contract? Um, Dean, let's start with you. We're going to talk about our club captain, Hugo Lloris. Of course, he Signed for Spurs back in 2012. He's been with us for 11 seasons. Made a total of 447 appearances in all competitions. 361 in the Premier League. Conceding 398 goals in the process. 
keeping 127 clean sheets, uh, 205 wins in the Premier League, uh, five penalties saved, errors leading to goals, 24. What would you like to do with Hugo Lloris? I would have liked to have got rid of him before his last contract. So I think that this is uh, that's a very easy one for me. He, he's, he's gone. He has to go. Do you think that he will be going back to France? I, I think I think he deserves for his career to to have a, a really nice big money last last move. And whether that is he sees as France or Saudi Arabia or um, one of the, the secondary clubs in La Liga, because it won't be Barcelona or Real Madrid. But, um, but yeah, I, I'd like I'd like to, I, I, you know I'm very grateful to him for how you know how much he's put into the club over the years. But for me, he's one of a group of problems that we've had for a while, and it's time to go. So is that is that selling or ripping up the contract? Oh, if Ray is in, I'd rip up the contract. What about you, Dave? Um, look, for me, I think you're going to reach. I think we have to look to sell him. Um, actually, no, sorry, rip up his contract. I don't think you're going to get much in terms of resale value on the guy. He's 36. He's on 100k a week. We could use that wages and put them elsewhere. And for me, he's just a he's a goalkeeper that's in decline. He, you know, in, in a lot of high-profile games last year, he made a lot of high-profile errors. Uh, Distribution-wise, he holds us back as well. That's his weakest area. But also, last season, a lot of uh, crosses, corners, set pieces, a lot of them were swung in around our six-yard box because they knew Hugo didn't want to come off his line and control that either. So, for me, I don't see what he adds to Tottenham anymore. Thanks for the service. He's had a good uh, run at it for the last uh, 10 to 11 years, but it's time to uh, rip up the contract and move on. He quit on us um, against Newcastle for the rest of the season. I don't buy into the injury talk. Um, so for me, there's no room for sentimentality in football. So you've got to get uh, cut his contract and move on. You know what, Dave? I completely agree. And I think it's such a shame that his last appearance in a Spurs shirt, if he does go, um, would have been that, uh, you know, half time, 5 0 down at Newcastle uh, and not won a trophy in all those years that he's been at Spurs. I think it's a great shame. Craig, what about you? Um, yeah, i got a lot of good good memories about Hugo. Um, my youngest is a goalie and his nickname's Hugo because of Hugo Lloris. So, so it's kind of tinged with a bit of sadness that, that he's, there's been a bit of a decline there. But ultimately, we have to move on. Uh, for me, I'd put the feelers out to see if there's any interest in the market. I personally think we could still get a decent bit of money for him. But if by the towards the end of the window we can't, then I think you just come to an agreement with him, um, give him a little golden handshake and send him on his way with our, our thanks. Um, but it is time for Hugo to move on. But he's been a brilliant service to the Conservancy Club and I hope they get, give him a testimonial. I think it's a dead cert that he's going because he said the other day that it's the end of an era. So I think that he's definitely going this summer. Um, Dean, let's come around to you again. Um, next player, Oliver Skip, 22 years old, worked now or been involved uh, with the first team for four seasons. He had a successful loan spell at Norwich City during 2020-2021 season, named in the PFA Team of the Year. Uh, he made 23 Premier League appearances this season, one goal. Keep, sell, loan? Uh, I, I, th I think just about keep, um, but only, only to me as a squad player. I mean, the, 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 thing, the thing that would make a skip very difficult for me this year is that we haven't got European football. And, and so, therefore, the squad can be slightly leaner than it has been before. And I think he would therefore be right on the fringe of that. I'd love Skippy to be the player that we all want him to be, but I just don't think he's good enough. Uh, you know, I, 
sort of there's some comparisons there for me for Harry Winks of two years ago. Um, I, I just he, he tries really hard, but we saw him at the end of the season in the games, and and it's just not quite there. So it's it's either he's one of the the, the fringes of the squad, or it's a loan for me. Are you surprised, then, Dean, that previous Spurs head coaches have said that he will be the future captain of Spurs? I, I am surprised. I've got to be honest, and I, I, I haven't, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen enough. And maybe, maybe he's. I think we've got a lot of these, by the way. I think he's one of these probably brilliant trainers who doesn't quite turn up on the on the day, and um, and he probably does everything right in 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 his lifestyle, in his training methods, and everything. And and we haven't quite seen it yet. I also, you know, we know some of the England twenty one managers have spoken incredibly highly of him, um, but in the, in it's an all action thing, the Premier League, and I'm just not quite sure he's got it at both ends of the pitch. What about you, Dave, on Oliver Skin? Look, for me, I don't think you can question his his attitude, his work rate, his commitment to the cause. However, he just lacks completely on the ball. He gets dispossessed way too much. You know, he's he's not consistent in, in, in the passing room either. And for me, I think his best attribute is probably just sitting there being one of them breaking up play. But when you look around at others who specialise in that, Safran Amrabat, Declan Rice, people like that, he is nowhere near that level and does it nowhere near consistently. He's 22 years of age for me. When I look at it, you've got Bentoncourt coming back. You've got Basumi. You've got Hoiberg. We're rumoured Rio, uh, Rio Hatate today. So it looks like we're probably in the market for maybe one more. Papa Matasar there, who I think his ceiling is actually higher than all he skips in terms of progression. So when I look at skip, it's a hard one, you know, lads, because for me, it's sort of, He's 22, bordering on 23. Once you sort of reach 23, you sort of develop into the player you're really going to be. You're not really going to develop into anything special outside of that. So I think we would actually benefit from loaning him out this season to a Premier League team lower down, getting a full season under his belt and really judging it for there. If not, keep him around maybe for another year as a squad player. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't progress in other areas of the game, he is going to be left behind at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so for me, I think this year is pivotal that he um, he really grabs the bulls by the, the bull by the horn. And look, I feel sorry for him because I've no doubt that injury derailed his um, his progression. It hampered his progression. You know, it was at it was at a time where there was room to get into that midfield and really make an imprint and nail down a spot. But then that injury happened. We bought in players, and that's no longer there. And when I look at it. I'm just not sure he's going to be good enough for Tottenham Hotspur, which is sad. And uh, just quickly, I'm not surprised that, you know, other managers said he's going to be future captain of Tottenham Hotspur because, you know, when you're comparing him to Dyer, Sanchez, Davies and people like that, you know, uh, I'm not surprised. What about you, Craig? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, you know, but leaving the nostalgia and like the um, sentimentality aside, I think we've got better players in the squad as it is than Skippy. It, it just for me, is, would you keep him as a squad player? Because for me, that's what he would be at the moment. Personally, I think if you're going to push me for an answer, and you've got to remember the system that um, Angie's going to be playing, is he going to fit into that? You know, there's only kind of one holding midfielder. So I would personally say loan him to a Luton or something like that, see if we can get a loan to Luton for a season. Um <laughs> You watch us draw him in the Friday night football first game of the season there. <laughs> and he no, has an that's awesome. That is definitely the goodest block, that is. Come yeah, on. it probably is, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Player of the season, come on. Yeah, that's right. It could be, <laughs> could be. Um, so, yeah, for me, don't give up on him just yet, but but I think he needs to go away and have a, have a full season of playing. Like Because, look, when he was at Norwich, I know it was championship, but he, he was fantastic. He was their player of the season. So, 
I still think there's a player in there. I think we can't give up on him just yet, but I think he needs another loan. Uh, and the 23, you know, it's a, you could say it's a little bit, you know, players usually go out pre that age, but I think his situation, I think he could do with another loan. Well, it's the under-21s now, but when Oliver Skip uh, went in the development squad, it was the under-23s. And I tell you what, he was 17. Uh, some of the guys were six years older than him, and he was the best player on the pitch week in, week out. It's unbelievable. I think there's so much more to come from Oliver Skip. So, for me personally, I would keep him. Um, Dean, let's come to you. Pierre-Emil Hoybier, 27 years old. He's had three seasons now at Spurs, 109 Premier League appearances for the club, eight goals. He has only missed five Premier League games in three seasons. Uh, he he's the most difficult one for me uh, out of all of this uh, I, I think he would be the most difficult one because I think if you're looking at it from a pure refresh squad perspective you sell him you can get money for him there are lots of European managers including one Pep Guardiola who has always been a huge fan of Hoiberg and and I'm not sure he'd go to City this time but there'd be, there'd be plenty of people who would quite fancy him my issue is is that Obviously, our good performances were few and far between in the season just gone. But the ones where we played very well, he was excellent. And in those big games against City, in the, where the, the, the really good performances we had, the, the 45, 50 minutes against Liverpool, where we were really, really good, he was outstanding. The goal against Chelsea, was it, I think, as well? The performance against Chelsea were just really, really good. So I, I, I can't quite work him out. I can't, I can't quite work out why a player can be that good, an international captain, and demand and boss the pitch half the time and then just drop off to the levels that we were seeing towards the end. And, you know, I think pre-World Cup, he was absolutely fantastic. But I think looking at it now, it's time to push the refresh button and say he's worth money and we can we have other players in that position and we could get other players. So I think I'd sell him. What about you, Dave? I'd actually keep Hoiberg, to be honest with you. I think he adds that bit of steel that we need in that midfield. That's why we brought him in here in the first place, to be that steel behind Endombele, Ali, Lasso, people like that, because none of them wanted to do that defensive work. And since he's come into the team, I do see a progression with him on the football. I take the point that, you know, this season, towards the end of the season, it's been a massive drop-off in performances. But when I look at someone like Koiberg, that was also there with Oli, um, with Harry Winks when he was partnering him. Same with Oli Skip. If, if midfield is all about partnership, especially as a two the way content played it, and you have to you have to have that 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 partnership in the midfield. And you just didn't have it with Skip or Harry Winks, but it was there with Bentecourt. That's where we got the best out of this guy. Mm. So for me, I think you keep him around. I think he's a leader on the pitch as well. I remember at the Southampton game, whether people listen to him or not, but in the tunnel coming out after half-time, he was there talking about keeping it tight, this, that, and the other. Now, unfortunately, we conceded like a minute later, but you know he is a leader on the pitch, and for me... I think the fact that he embodies hard work, you know, in and out of possession and just the, the fact that he provides a bit of steel, I think Ange Postacoglu will definitely keep him around um, for, for for at least one more season for sure. Craig, Pierre-Emil Hoybier? Yeah, I can see why Dean is struggling with this one, but ultimately I would prefer that he stayed around. I think he's one of the few players in the squad that um, knows the art of shithousery and I think he can become better at that. So, for me, I think I think Ange will like him. I think it'll be his type of player. Very hard working, rallying the troops. Yes, he's had some poor performances, but every single one of our players has had poor performances last year. Um, I just think in his position, 
you've got to be everywhere. And, and um, as soon as he drops off a little bit, it's very noticeable, um, especially when teams play through through us. But that might not be necessary. It might just be the system's not working. So for me, you've got to keep Hoybier around. I think Andrew will like him. And I think uh, I think we'll get another another decent season out of him, hopefully. And as I say, this is a new manager, new 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 style of play, everything. It's going to take a couple of months to bed in. And these players, you can't be too quick to judge. We all know the ones we want to get rid of and see gone that just aren't good enough. But I think Hoybier is not one of them for me. I think we keep him around. And Yeah, I think... Go on, Dave. Sorry, I was just going to say, just quickly, you have to take into account that Bendicorn won't be back till October, November time as well. So yeah, I was going to say the same thing, Dave. I think you, that's that's a really that's a that's a really important part of it because even if you say you've got Basuma or Hoiberg as a, as that pivot in that system, without Bentoncourt back as well, you are a bit light. So I think that's that's spot on. I, I think I'm kind of on the fence with Hoiberg, uh, but um, for that reason, keep him uh, for next season. Um, Dean, let's come back to you. Davinson Sanchez, uh, 27 years old. We signed him for £42 million back in 2017. He's been with us for six seasons. Only 18 appearances in the Premier League this season. Booed by our fans this season. Um, errors leading to Premier League goals in his career. Only two. I, that, that can't be right, can it? Maybe that's, direct, <laughs> maybe that's directly leading to goals, perhaps. But I, 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 I'll keep this nice and short. I, I think I said this on your show last time, Chris. I genuinely think he's the worst £40 million that Tottenham Hotspur have ever spent on any player at any time. And I, I just, I, I, if anyone will take him, then then go. But in, in that scenario, just rip up his contract. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Yeah, for me, I failed to see what he offers to Tottenham Hotspur. I think he's the worst defender in our history. He, he, he won't be able to play the Jan system. He cannot play a high line. We've seen plenty of times, even when he's sitting on the edge of his own box, any ball played in behind him, he doesn't have a clue where it is. But also, technically, he's not suited to Ange ball. You know, he takes him two, three touches to get the ball under control. The weight of his passes is often under hit or over hit. For me, he's completely erratic. He makes other people nervous around him as well. He's absolutely error-ridden. Um, and for me, the guy is on, uh, I made some notes here earlier on, Chris, and the guy is on 65k a week just to be a backup around here. For me, ship him gone. Get Alfie Dorrington up here. He'll relish at least having that spot. A lot less wages as well and frees us up wages to uh, put towards other centre-backs that are good enough for Tottenham Hotspur. This guy has been a backup under every single manager, Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Conte and Nuno. So for me, they all think he's not good enough. The fans know he's not good enough and the fans are booing him. It's time to go. Rip That's up. a good point, that's a good point on the appearances, Dave, because the last three seasons, 2021 season, 18 appearances in the Premier League, 21-22 season, only 23, and then this season, 18. Craig, can a player be happy at a football club only playing half the matches in the league? Unless they're really mercenary and just there to pick the money up, then, then yeah, they probably could be happy. But I don't get that with Damison Sanchez. I think he really does want to play. It's just he's not not good enough for Tottenham. Um, as I said on here before, I thought it was disgusting. Our own fans were booing him. Um, and to be honest, if it was me, if I was Davidson Sanchez, I'd want to move on anyway. I think we could get a buyer for him. I think there are suitors out there that, that would come in with a bid, but I think Levy would have to lower his expectations. You're not going to get anywhere near what we paid for him. And Dean's spot on. It, we, looking back now, it does seem a monumental waste of money, sadly. 
um, because he did look good in that first season. But, you know, he's, he's been there a while now and he hasn't pushed on. He hasn't really made any manager um, want to play him or force a hand to play him other than when we've had injuries. Um, and the other players like the last the ball as well. They're, they're frightened yeah. to pass to him. Yeah. So it's yeah, like exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, under Ange, the two centre-backs need a pivotal. They need to be able to play football and need to be comfortable on the ball. And, he, and he's not going to be. So for me, I think you try and sell him and take what you can for him. And his contract is up at the end of next season as well. It's up in 2024. So, you know, for me, it's decision time on this guy. Just rip up his contract and get him gone. He offers nothing. Yeah, I think he definitely needs to be sold. And I'd be really surprised as a Spurs fan if Davinson Sanchez is a Spurs player at the start of next season. I really will. And be very disappointed as well. Um, Dean, let's come to you. Hunmin Son um, will be 31 next month. Eight seasons with Tottenham. 103 Premier League goals in 268 games. 10 Premier League goals this season. 23 the season before. Of course, won the Golden Boot alongside Mohamed Salah. Um, Hunmin Son for you. And, and then you know full well with me, Chris, this is where I'm going to be the most controversial. Um, I, no. I, son, son for me goes. Um, no. He's, he's not scored a winner for a year. Um, he, you know, all, all, it is literally a year since he last scored a winning goal in, uh, in, a, in a match. Um, he's been carried by Harry Kane and we can still get some money for him with two years left. The, the thing about Ange is the way he plays. Press, press, press. You watch Son in some of these games in the second half of this season and he's being carried by that front three. He does not press the ball well enough. He's not enough involved without the ball. And, you know, when we're, when we're beating teams and, he, and, and we're always looking good, he's fantastic. Scores the third and fourth in a 4-1. Fantastic. Polishes games off, no problem. Whenever we needed a goal to be scored to equalise a game, to win a game, it's Kane. And, you know, and it was Bentoncourt before Bentoncourt got injured. And Bentoncourt scored more winners this season, three more winners, in fact, than, than Hyongmin Son did. And so for me, it's uh, cashing while you still can. Do you not think, though, Dean, that he will thrive under Postacoglu's system? I, I, I hope that's the case because he won't, he won't go. That's, that's me saying, Sel, he won't go. He's too much of a huge commercial entity for the club to, 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 to actually entertain selling him. And, you know, and we all love seeing those Korean fans around the stadium. They're absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the, the atmosphere when he gets the ball, the excitement when he gets the ball is great. It's great. But um, I, I hope he does thrive in that system in the 4-3-3 with the, with the high press. The problem for me is he's just not very good at pressing, you know, and he often you'll have seen Kulicheski and Kane go to the ball. And often you when we were playing well under Conte, when you saw Hoiberg waving people up with him to get get them up to the press and Bentoncourt and Hoiberg doing it. It was Son who couldn't press. It was Son who got beaten with the one-two and the press. And he's going to have to do some convincing to, to Ange without the ball to, uh, to convince him that he's part of that front three. I think he, he would be the first to admit that um, he's had a poor season and uh, he should have delivered more. But I'm really surprised by your answer, Dean. I, for me, definitely keep Hunmin Son all day long. I think he's got so much to deliver. And uh, the, the amazing goals that he has scored for us over the years, he's been incredible. Dave, who are you agreeing with? Me or Dean? Well, look, if I want to get into Korea on holiday anytime soon, I won't be agreeing with Dean anyway, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> look, for me, I think I actually agree with Dean when it comes to the pressing side of things. If you go back and look at a lot of our games, 
a lot of the other teams' outs was down our left-hand side because it was usually Son and Perisic or Son and, and Davies. And that press down that side was non-existent. He is, Dean is right, Heuberg was screaming for people to get up with them at times. And that is an area that Son does lack. However, what I will say is, under Ange Postacoglu, you're going to get Son back to what he's best at, which is around the opposition's box. Not on the halfway line, picking up the ball with his back to goal. You're going to get him on the ball, facing goal in dangerous positions. And I do think you will see the very best of Sonny again. So for me, I do keep him around here, but he will have to uh, up his work rate off the ball because Ange, Ange will not accept that. He will haul him off early if that's the case. Can you imagine our team, Dave? I know it's going to happen one day, but can you imagine the team without Bunmin Son, Harry Kane? No, I, I don't want to either because I fear if, if they haven't been here the last three, four years, God knows where Tottenham Hotspur could have really ended up spiralling too. So, you know, for me, but look, you know, it's coming into crucial time though, lads, where we have to start looking beyond them eventually. It's coming to that time. Son's 31, Kane's 29 with a year left on his contract. But before we can even consider replacing them, we have to make sure we stop um, shifting goals across that back line. Because if we don't, you're then in a position where you're, you're big, about 60% of your goals is taken out of the team. You're also conceding them. And then you're conceding more goals than what you than what you score. And that, that's a recipe for disaster. But you're no better than a Leeds than an Everton at that point. So for me, it's all about getting that back line, that goalkeeper, and that midfield and a stable base that's strong enough to keep us in games and in the Premier League before you can start replacing the likes of a Kane and Son. But it is coming to that time. It has to happen soon. What about you, Craig? Who means on? Keep, 100% keep. I can't believe what I'm hearing from Dean. I just cannot believe it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, want, I want him to be that player again. And I, I, want, I want him to be, you know, that enthusiastic Sonny again. And, and you know, I know that a lot of the fans and the you know, viewers are going to are gonna feel like it, it's this is like a, a disrespectful thing to, to what he's done yeah. before. It's not. It's not that at all. I, I absolutely love the guy to bits. But we're talking about a squad that hasn't been refreshed. And yeah. as I just said there, there's a, there's a part of that. Sorry, Craig, I interrupted. No, no, that's, that's fine. Honestly, it's, it's all about opinion. But I do understand what you're saying. He did drop off last season, but he's come out himself and said he dropped off last season. I think he knows that. I think everybody knows that. But as Dave said, I think you're going to see a different Sonny. I think you're going to see almost the old Sonny back under Ange because he is going to be going forward a lot more. He's going to be doing the job he's paid to do, essentially, which sounds daft, but that is what he's going to be paid to do. You'll probably see someone as one of the more advanced, if not most advanced players next season. I think he's, he's going to be getting him up the pitch a lot more and not coming back to his own goal. Um, there obviously will be an element of defending because that is the system, but he's, he's, he's going to be back... I'm confident he's going to be back to one of uh, the player that we, we all knew a few years ago. But the thing is, as Dean said, he's not going to be allowed to go anyway. Even if, even if I know we're talking hypothetically here, but the club, Daniel Levy, is never going to get rid of Son. The amount of money he brings into the club, it's unbelievable. So he's almost as important as Harry Kane in that respect. So, yeah. Anyway, for me, keeping him Son all day long. I think I think the other thing to note as well is that uh, we've we've got to factor in some of the things in the last twelve months for Son, which is the, the we you know we had the, the the national service which he did, we had a couple of really niggly injuries which you know with a player with that sort of explosive pace have affected him, um, and Conte played Kane in a very different way in the last year, which actually was detrimental to Son because you remember the year before it was 
all the assists from one to the other. That changed a little bit. And then also, he was the poster boy for their World Cup. Absolute, and the pressure that that comes with. And, you know, and then to get the, the, the cheekbone injury in the Champions League uh, and before that and all that, all of that pressure that he carried. So, uh, you know, cutting him some slack with that, he's had a, he's had a tough year. But, um, but yeah, sorry, he's, he's, he, I'm not as big a fan as him as 99% of the fan base. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that injury, um, the eye injury at Marseille away certainly affected his season. Um, Dean Richarlison, um, he has been at the club now for a year. He's about to play under the fourth manager, uh, Conte, Stellini, Mason and now Postacoglu. Uh, 27 Premier League appearances this season, only the one goal. Um, two Champions League goals, which were both against Marseille at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's been a difficult season for him. Would you like to keep him, sell him, loan or rip up the contract? I, I feel like we've got to see one more year. We've got, we've got to see one more year of him. Just to, I mean, he plays number nine for Brazil. Um, you know, we saw some of him in that World Cup. He's another one, I think, where the World Cup season really got on top of him. And, you know, the one thing I didn't like with some of our players was this impression that the World Cup was there and I'm, I'm not I'm going to stop playing here because I've got this coming. There was a few of those, let's be honest. Um, but um, I, I, I think he's been really unlucky with injury, just at the point where actually I think Conte dropped Son for a game or two and Richarlison came in you know, before the Richarlison injury came and the goal in the Champions League came. And the other thing I know about Richarlison is the stadium lifts when he comes off the bench. And yeah. there's there's a kind of atmosphere change where, because he presses very, very hard. He, he's very, very front foot. You know, let's be, let's be honest, he puts the fright, and fright of a life up a lot of defenders when they've got the ball because he comes charging at them and he could equally get a cent off as he could win the ball back. But... I just, I, I just think we've got to give him another year. He, he's had a horrifically bad um, twelve months from a goal scoring point of view, um, um, and but then you add in the injuries, the World Cup, and the, as you quite rightly say, the changes of managers. I'd love to see him get a run in the team. Um, I'm not quite sure where and when that comes, but um, he's a he's a good player, and if he goes elsewhere, he'll be one of the ones we always go, oh yeah, we add him, and when he goes and scores goals elsewhere. How does he get that run in the team, though, Dean? Well, the, the Kane question mark always comes up, and you know, again, we know, sort of we, we sort of think we know what system Ange will play, and with the, with the three forwards. Um, but um, where does Kane does Kane fit as a deeper line forward in that with two like Richarlison and, and another forward Son or or Kulichewski really bombing on as part of those those other two, um, or, or does Richarlison play as one of the wide forwards? I I, I think. He had that run in the team where he played as one of the wide forwards, and I th- we really started to click. And and there was that we were quite unlucky at that stage with the injuries that happened around that period when it was going quite well under Conte pre World Cup. So uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. And um, when you're a striker and you sc- you're used to scoring goals and you want to play in a team, how long have we been going on about second fiddle to, second fiddle for Kane? You know, it's been nine, ten seasons of of players. Have we got a backup? And now we have got a backup. Um, but the question mark is, can he can he score goals when he comes in and out? So I just think we should give him another year. It's too early to it's too early to cash in on or or lose money potentially on a player like Richarlison. Yeah, for me personally, I completely agree, Dean. I think that uh, there's so much more to come from Richarlison, and there is that excitement from the crowd. Um, Dave, what about you? 
Yeah, for me, I think he's definitely worth keeping around another year at least. Anyway, I think I think he's one of the players that I actually think will thrive under Ange Postecoglou. And there's going to be plenty of game time there for him because you know with Ange Postecoglou, I know with with Kyogo at Celtic, he plays that sort of pressing forward, and that's what Richardson will be for for Ange Postecoglou. You can get Kane to drop back as a maybe a cam or something like that and adjust that midfield system just a little and get Kane to start feeding him the balls. But ideally, you know, Richardson needs someone like Kane behind him. You know, Richardson, for me, he's no good at the build-up play. He's no good at wide. He's one of them. Just put the ball in the box and let him go and attack it. Um, so for me, I think he needs someone like that. But the reason why I said it's going to be plenty of game time as well is because, you know, Ange Postecoglou will use them substitutions that are available to him. That's how his team continues on that relentlessness for 90 minutes because in around 65, 70 minutes, if players are tiring, he'll haul them straight off and bring on the next batch just to go running running around again, pressing and doing the exact same thing. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities there for Richarlison. I just hope he takes them. I hope that he, you know, this, this season hasn't drained all the confidence of me still in a good frame of mind and that when the opportunities come around next season, he has to take them because, look, let, let, let's get real. At Tottenham Hotspur, this is the biggest problem. We're signing players or players are coming in and they're not taking opportunities afforded to them. And then they're sitting there moaning, going, well, I need seven, eight, nine, ten games to get up and running. It's like, yeah, OK, in the Belgian League, you might get away with that, but not in the Premier League. So take your minutes. So it's up to it's up to Richardson. He's got one more season for me. I do think Postacoglu will utilise him in the system and it's going to be plenty of minutes, but it's up to him what he does with it this year. So keep for you, Davia. Yeah, keep for one more season. What about you, Craig? Yeah, I think we've got to keep him. Uh, see how he does this season. Again, come back to a new manager, new style of play. Didn't see the best of him last year. As you said, niggling injuries. World Cup. Um, I think the World Cup played more of a part than anybody gives credit for. I think for a lot of players, all right, City obviously went on an unbelievable run in the second half of the season. But, you know, a lot of teams suffered at the hands of the World Cup. So, it'd be nice to get back to normality next season. Um, I think we've got to keep him. Um, and wherever Ange sees his, him as fitting in, I think he's going to be a, a much more uh, important player next season. Let's face it, he, he hasn't got to improve on his goals that much. You know, he, he's only got to get two and he's already done better than last season. So, I'm sure he'll be better. Dean, Harry Kane next. He will be 30 years old on the 29th of July. Of course, our leading goal scorer, leading goal scorer for England. 30 goals this season in 38 Premier League appearances. Are you going to be controversial on this one as well? Absolutely not. No, um, you you can't you can't replace a Kane. Um, I actually think that um, other than other than most Spurs fans who watch him week in week out and go to games, that I actually think he's still underrated. I think he's just gone completely under the radar again this season. The number of goals he scored because of Haaland. You know, yeah. it's just... It's, and, and again, I know, again, I was controversial with Son, but you look at Kane, 13 Premier League winners this, this, this season. His goals were, were that many points to us. Without him, we were Chelsea. And, you know, with him, Chelsea would have been way up the season. I know that's a horrible thought, but, you know, they'd have been way up the table again. He, he scores big goals in big games and he scores winners and he sets up winners. And, you know, and I've seen some fans even have the nerve to say that he doesn't press very well and doesn't close down very well. And it's, it's, just, it's a nonsense. He, when we're winning 3-0, he backs off and manages himself, which, is good, which he's done so much better as he's got older. 
and the ankle injuries, touch wood, are, are a thing of the past because he manages his body in such a fantastic way. Um, so, no, silly, silly question. Move on. <laughs> Dean, do you think Harry Kane will end up signing a new contract for Spurs or do you think he will leave on a free next summer? I think the ball's in Tottenham's court for that, i.e. giving players and, and, and a performance around him to think that I've got the potential to not only break the, the goal-scoring records here, the Premier League goal-scoring records here, but also to get my trophy and, and go down as a one-club legend. And I think that if you ask Harry Kane very honestly, that's what he wants. He wants to win trophies for Tottenham and be a one-club legend. But that has to be both ways, doesn't it? It can't just be one player wanting to do that. You know, it it, ha, it has to be it has to come from the other end as well. My my gut is that he'll stay, but maybe that's just the just the badge coming through there. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Winning a trophy at Spurs would mean so much more than winning, say, five trophies at another club that he doesn't love, because of course he loves Spurs. Dave, yeah. um, Harry Kane, would you would you sell him? Would you uh, or would you, or would you like to keep him? No, I'm not even going to disrespect the guy by trying to justify it to say uh, to keep him, to be honest with you. We all know the reasons why we should keep him. Um, if you don't have him, you're going to end up uh, a mid, mid-table Premier League team or below. So for me, that that you know, I think he masters 27 points last season with all these winners and equalizers and stuff like that. You take that from where we are this season, you're in big trouble. So for me, that that alone is the reason why we should keep him. Slight concern though, just just hear me out quickly. Oh, what, what, you know. Under Pochettino, Pochettino got him to press a lot, this, that, and the other. And Kane's injury ankle problems were absolutely very prevalent because he had to do it week in, week out, sometimes twice a week. Um, can Kane's bodies go back through that demand? Because since we switched to a Jose and a Conte and stuff like that and asked a different question again, he's had three seasons injury-free from that ankle. And and look, that's no doubt too, because he I know he has um, a personal guy that he flies in to help with, with his ankles and with his body and stuff like that. That's another part of why he hasn't got injured. But I'm just worried that if we do go back to getting him to press and all this, you know, will, will them ankle injuries come back? So maybe something to think about. But Kane fits into any style, any system. And even if Ange doesn't want him to press, Ange Postacoglu has played systems where he almost plays a false nine as that main striker, and Harry Kane can definitely fit in there and play that. Keep or sell, great Harry Kane. <laughs> God, keep, oh, you know, there's nothing else I can say on it. Absolutely, 100% keep. He's the most important player we've got. He's arguably the best player to have ever played for Tottenham Hotspur, certainly in my lifetime. And you know how much I love Gareth Bale. I was gutted when Bale left, but if you look at Kane, I think I think there's there's a lot to be said that you only appreciate something or someone fully when they actually aren't there anymore. And I think that will be the case with Harry Kane, whether it's this season, next season, or when he stays with us for another seven, eight years and hangs up his boots. But I truly believe he will go down as the club's greatest ever player. And um, I think we've got to keep him, try and keep him at all costs. And hopefully Daniel Levy's finally woken up and realised what he's been saying all these years. Look, if I see us going in the right direction, then I'm happy to stay. Well, next year, if he stays, the ball's back in his court and it's up for him to decide. So they've got to get things right this season to keep this man around or else I don't think any of us would be grudging a move, but hopefully he can stay. He'll want to stay and he will be that one club man and he'll finally lift the trophy with Spurs, but 100% keep. Yeah, completely agree. 100% keep. 
Um, Dean, um, Emerson Royale, he's been with us now for two seasons, 57 Premier League appearances for the club, three goals, 24 years old. Uh, it's very fair to say he's had uh, a lot of difficulties at Tottenham, uh, but he's turned it around and uh, recent performances have been fairly decent. Yeah, he, he's an interesting one, a really interesting one, because if if we were talking, you know, three five two again, I'm, I just think, you know, we we I've, I actually think the fullback positions are Ange's his biggest issue, um, because we've bought wing backs, um, and a couple of whom really struggled defensively, um, we've got another couple of younger wing backs who we've bought, Jed Spence and, and Destiny Adogi, and you know we don't really know how they're going to get on in the Premier League. Um, but Emerson Royal was a real positive in the second half of the season for me. I mean, it, actually, dare I say, there were quite a few games where we, you thought we, we really missed him. Uh, and that, yeah. I could have said that 12 months ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I actually think if, if it's going to be four at the back, which it, it probably is, and, and you, can, you can cut out the mistakes, which let's be fair to him again, he hasn't had in, you know, in very recent games. Um, I, I think he's actually one he'll, he'll be kept. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What about you, Dave? Emerson Royal. Yeah, for me, I don't see any reason to, to, to ship him on. We've got enough business to do in that back line. I think the guy could easily play, play right-sided centre-back or right-back. I think he offers us a bit of versatility. And, you know, he's not one of these players that get criticised, you know, by the fans and pundits. You know, he's had that plenty of times at Spurs. Spurs fans were singing songs about him. But, you know, what I like about the guy, he went and spent his own money to improve himself and his mentality. And that's been reflected on the football pitch in terms of, you know, him, especially on the ball. And that was the fans' biggest problem. And for me, when you've got a player that's willing to do that, it shows he cares, it shows he wants to win and wants to be successful. And for me, keep him around. I'll tell you what, the interaction between him and the fans is absolutely unreal as well. He absolutely adores spending time with the fans and, uh, you know, unbelievable. And Craig, I tell you what, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, either on YouTube or an audio platform, you will know that Craig has absolutely battered Emerson Royale on a number of occasions. And I never in a million years thought that he would be sitting there, sitting next to a signed Emerson Royale photo. <laughs> so, Craig, I hope you're going to say keep. Of course, I'm going to say, Keith. Look, the man's on the desk here. I, I won't say who got me this lovely birthday present, this signed, you know, gold-plated Emerson Royale picture. I won't tell you who it is. I'm sure you can work it out. But you've got to keep this guy around. You've got to keep this guy around. I was his biggest critic, like a lot of you. I, I was his biggest critic. But for me, he's turned it around 100%. He loves the club. But no, that's not enough. Don't get me wrong. But he loves the club. He wants to be here. And he's been playing really well. And I was his biggest critic. So, for me, you've got to keep Emerson Royale around because I think this system may well suit him. I think he could play on the right side centre-back, even in a two, personally. Yeah. But he, 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 he improved 
uh, uh, right wing back, but he's more of a right back. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I, you've got to keep the guy around. You've got to keep him around. Oh, I've got the picture now and everything. Anyway, I'm, you know, we've got, I've got to keep him. We just need Postacoglu to teach him how to cross the ball, and I think we've got a good right back. Um, Dean, Ivan Perisic, of course, spent one year at Tottenham, 34 years old, free transfer from Inter Milan last summer, 34 Premier League appearances, one goal, uh, 29 shots this season, 196 crosses, eight Premier League assists. What have you made of him? Would you like to keep him? Uh, I, I find this one really difficult. I was so excited when we signed him. I thought it was just a brilliant, brilliant signing and it was a yeah. proper Conte signing. Um, and the assists, obviously, there were a couple of flick-ons at the front post there from some corner routines and stuff, which went down as assists. But he didn't do enough for me going forward. I think he stifled Son a little bit as well. I don't think they got on particularly well. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean personally. I mean, in the, the positions that they take up on the field and where they receive the ball. Um, and they probably got in each other's way a little bit. Um, I've, I've just been a bit underwhelmed and, and very disappointed with him. And, and to be honest, it, it looked at times that we, we were better going forward when Ben Davis came back on than, than when Perisic was on. And that, that's a bit of a damning indictment. So um, I'm not quite sure what his contract situation is, if I'm being honest. But, um, but yeah, it, either, either sell or, or contract up if, um, if that's what it needs to be. He'll, he'll have some suitors in Europe, I'm sure, who'll take him. And, and I'm sure he's on very healthy wages as well. Yeah, I agree with you, Dean. I expected so much more from Perisic as well. Um, Dave, what about you? Yeah, I'm like you guys. I expected a lot more, especially in the final target. He's sort of been underwhelming in that regard. And look, well, you got you got to look. What is he going to offer to Ange Postecoglou's system? He can't play left back. We're not going to be playing wing backs. So the only other option is left wing. That's Sonny's position. He ain't going to get in ahead of him. So unless he wants to stay around a backup, but even as as a backup, he's on 170 grand a week. That's way too much to be carrying him around just for a backup or just to keep him around for his experience. I've no doubt Ange Postacoglu would like to lean on the experience, but realistically, he doesn't He doesn't have the energy in or out of possession that we need for Ange's system either. So for me, as sad as it is, because I do like the guy, I think we're just going to have to move on. 170 grand a week can go to a top centre-back to come in here. Yeah. Craig? Yeah, I must admit, Dave, I, I tell you, I didn't realise he was on that much. That that's, that shocked me. That has really shocked me. Um, I was quite pleased with his signing, actually, when, when we got him done. He was, I think he was the first one through the door last year. So I was quite pleased with that, that we was acting early. And, you know, obviously he comes with pedigree and, and a lot of experience. And, look, he's crossing. He's very good. But for me, I think I, I agree. I don't, I don't see where he sits, fits in this system. Um, I think he, what he would... Go back to Italy, from what I heard, he's quite keen to go back to Inter. So, for me, I think we let him go. Um, I think we try and sell him one year. I think he signed a two-year deal, so one year left. I think we try and sell him and get a bit of money back and get those wages off the book. Next up is Eric Dyer. Um, of course, he scored in Pochettino's first league game in charge back in 2014. He spent nine seasons at the club, uh, 270 Premier League appearances, 12 goals, errors, to, errors leading to goals, seven We've only kept 86 clean sheets with him in the team. I'm going to start this one. I would rip up his contract. I think that we have had so many bad times with Eric Dyer in the team. Dean? Yeah, I love Eric Dyer. <laughs> but, tell, uh, me, tell, tell me what people love about Eric Dyer. 
No, I, 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 do you know what? It's one of these ones that I, I see it, right? I see it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm with you. Too many mistakes, high profile errors. Uh, and, you know, and apart from the, the long rangey passing, the Alderweireld style diagonal ball, the rest of it, the passing is terrible. Um, but um, I, I just, what I can't work out is that we've had these brilliant, well, formerly brilliant European bosses who, who, who profess to know what they're talking about. And straight away, Eric Dyer was number one. Straight yeah. away, Eric Dyer was the man on the field, the, 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 man, the manager's lieutenant, you know, the, the guy passing the messages across. He has got to be the best trainer and, and the best dressing room man that we've ever seen. Um, and that counts for a lot. Don't get me wrong, that counts for a lot. And I actually think that if it had gone, continued to go in the right direction under Conte, we'd have seen more and more of how good Dyer could be. But, and that can only be in a back three, though, I'm afraid. And he could only be the spare man in the back three. And, you know, let's not forget before the World Cup. I mean, first two or three months of this season, alongside Hoiberg and, and Kane, I think probably Dyer was up there in the, in the reckoning for player of the month and player of the season so far at that stage. But then the wheels come off. And when the wheels come off with Eric Dyer, they come off properly. Um, so, yeah, it, it's time, along with Lloris, we, you know, we've spoken about, along with Sanchez, along with, you know, some of the other players that have been there for too long. Uh, it needs a refresh. And as much as I really like him, it, it's time. It's time to go. I, I said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Every single time I think of a, a goal going in or a bad moment in the Tottenham Hotspur defence, um, Eric Dyer always seems to be there. It, it's, it's him I always picture when it's all going wrong. Dave, what about you? I, I think he's absolutely atrocious, if you want me to be brutally honest. I think he's atrocious on the ball, and I think he's atrocious off the ball defensively. He, he's absolutely error-prone. He, he has lapses in concentration. He has no composure whatsoever. Um, and for me, just makes everyone else around him jittery. And he's a massive part of what we've seen, our worst defence, especially in the Premier League era. Um, you know, with what Dean is saying, you know, Dyer's a guy, you know, he done well initially under Conte, wheels fell off. It was the same under Jose Mourinho, it was the same under Pochettino for a time. And that there tells me this is a guy who cannot keep up with the demands of the professional game at the top level, week in, week out. He can only do it for so long and then he just can't handle it anymore and, and, and everything just departs from him. His game, his brain, absolutely everything. The guy's also on 85 grand a week, by the way, which is absolutely appalling. It is shocking that he is that much. Can I ask, what would you say if suddenly a couple of weeks' time, because it has been rumoured a lot, what would you say in a couple of weeks' time the club give Eric Dyer a new contract? Well, expect to see the exact same thing when he plays. You know, expect us to expect him to see us cost games, and ultimately, when he costs us games, and even if it is as a backup role, if he comes in, the momentum that we've built up before that is ultimately going to crumble, and the exact same things are going to keep happening. We also have to remember this guy's a huge say in and around this dressing room, huge say in and around the club for how long he's been here. He's part of that leadership group. How is someone like Eric Dyer, with the performances he puts in on the pitch, allowed to even be anywhere near that leadership group? And that there is a massive part of why we've seen what we've seen over the last three, four, four years at this football club. Because the leaders in this in this team are the ones that make the most errors. New guys coming in, don't listen to them. They have no respect for them whatsoever. And it's a huge problem. And that causes a massive split in the dressing room. And if I was a player... And I see this guy, you know, constantly calling for help, constantly blaming other people for his errors and his mistakes. 
I'd have no respect for him either. For me, he's 85 grand a week that we could be given again to another top professional. He offers absolutely nothing to this club. I do not understand why people love him. Um, and for me, you know, he's had his chance. He's had his chance in centre midfield. He's had his chance at centre back. And he's also had his chance to carry this club from the Pochettino era, from the Toby and Yan era into a new era, and has completely failed. He's had his time, no room for sentiment. We want a new era at Tottenham Hotspur. We don't want to lose anymore. Ship him out and let's move on. Craig, I'll ask you simply, uh, the top six clubs in the Premier League, what clubs, what teams would Eric Dyer get into? Probably none of them, sadly. Um, and I know I knew Derek Dyer was coming around. It's, it's difficult for me because I, I sometimes act with my heart and not my head. And obviously, I remember um, uh, the good time. Eric Dyer was kind of one of that group under Poch. He, he's that team that we loved. He's still part of that. And it's so difficult because I was gutted when Delhi left. I, it felt felt like something was being ripped apart that we all loved. And uh, Eric Dyer is in, not as much as Delhi, but Eric Dyer is still in that category. Having said that, I think it is time for him to move on for all the reasons that everyone said. He, he, he has made a lot of errors. But do you know what? I don't think he will move on. I think Dean's right. I think he must be a massive character in that dressing room, a leader. He speaks three or four different languages. I think he's a good communicator. And I think that's what the other managers that have managed him like about him. And I think as well, don't forget, he's one of Harry Kane's best mates. So if Harry Kane gets to say, and Harry Kane rates Eric Dyer, that will go a long way too. So for me, I think it's time for him to move on and we should try and sell him. But I don't think he will be gone. I think you'll see him. And don't be surprised if he does get offered a new deal. Can I? Can I, I think Craig's absolutely spot on, spot on with with the, you know, are you both spot on with the, the assessments there? And I and I think that I, I hope he doesn't get offered a new contract. And as I say, if it was me, I would I would be moving him on. But for all those reasons Craig just said, I think that there's an element there where if we do get the recruitment right and we bring in two quality centre backs, then you can't get rid of everybody else. You know, and so if you're if you're giving me the choice between Longley, who I think has been a massive disappointment, Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer, then I, I think that Eric Dyer for his dressing room, you know, abilities, and then the fact so. that he's not going to kick up a fuss if he, he's as we say, he's part of that great era and stuff, and he he can be an okay substitute. You're allowed to have okay substitutes, and um, but as I say, I, I think he'll I think he will stay. I would sell him, but I think he will stay. When, 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 you, when you say, Dean, we're OK to have OK subs, what are we aiming for if, we, if we've only got OK subs? What are we, what are we aiming for as a football club? I, I completely take that point. But this year we aren't in Europe and, and we, are, we are looking at a 38-game league season and hopefully more than two cup games. But potentially you could only play 40 to 44 games in a season. And, you know, hopefully you, you, know, you have... We get a, a Toby and a Toby and Yan situation again, where you have two centre backs who play virtually every game, and they're good enough to say they're rock solid, and there they are. You know, I think if you look at the Man United scenario where they brought in two new centre backs, that, and then you need one to dip in and out, and that's the reason Harry Maguire is not getting time, and England to worry about it because they've had this solid base that's been there. And look, you're allowed seven, nine subs depending on the competition. And, you know, we're at a point where we've got to refresh. And I just think that that might be one too many. I'm not saying for me, don't get me wrong. As I say, for me, he should go. I just think that he's down the priority list for the club yeah. of who will go. Craig, can I just come back to you? When you said about um, try and sell Eric Dyer, and I think you've said this about a couple of other players as well. 
Um, is this not the point? Should, should Spurs be really bold and ruthless and just say, look, a couple of these players need to leave this summer. The contracts need to be ripped up because we're never going to sell these players. Because realistically, some of these players, who wants to buy them? Oh, no, I totally get what you're saying, but we know how Spurs and Daniel Levy work. That's why they're, they're, they'll only rip up a contract as a last resort. You know, Daniel Levy would rather sell somebody for a quid than rip up a contract. And I get that. I get that. But Eric Dyer, for me, he's, um, I think he will, somebody will buy him. Somebody will want him. Uh, whether they, I mean, it won't, you, you might even find, like, I'll come back to a Luton, somebody like that, a lower down in the, in the Premiership club, or even, even Championship. I mean, possibly is he going to go down that far? He's still, what is he, 30, 31? I don't know. I, I think I think there'll be suitors for him. If we put him on the market, somebody would buy Eric Dyer. I guarantee it. I think I think we have to be careful with that, though, because we should have learned our lesson last year with the likes of Winks and Umbele Lascelso, people like that. They all said that there'd be suitors for them guys in the market, and there just wasn't. And all you're seeing is teams that are willing to maybe gamble on them on a loan, but they're not willing to actually sanction the money and the wages. And for me, you're only you're you're not really you know, going into a new era, if you're going to keep some of these guys around, who for a long time has, has cost us. You look a lot across all of our cup exits, a lot of them have been away from home, even the embarrassing results in Europe. And he's been in that back line, along with Sanchez, along with Davies. And even if we want to progress in cup competitions where you do have to make some changes, he'll be in there and he'll cost you. For me, we paid five million for the guy. And we've got as much juice out of the squeeze as you can uh, as you can possibly get. There's no resale value there. His contract is up in 2024, like Sanchez. Just get rid of the guy. I just think I just can't see Spurs ripping up the contract, Dave. That's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to look at it like what thinking what the club would do. What I would do is you know is is irrelevant. I just can't see the club ripping up the contracts of four or five or six players. They're just not going to do it. You know, as much as might we might want them to. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised the fact there are a couple of European clubs who, who do look at Dyer though as well. As we said, we talked about his um, his languages and 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 whatever else. And and again, a lot of a lot of European managers, um, you know, Conte and Jose for a start had him straight back in their <laughs> in their 11s, You know, so so yeah, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised. Um, but again, he's one for, he's one for me that I think you could just let the contract run down for a year and and still have a player there if you needed him. Hopefully, you don't, but. You know, I, th- I think that's the way the club will look at it. I just think we need to transform that back line this summer. And if we want to move forward as a football club, uh, the likes of Dabins and Sanchez and Eric Dyer should not be at the club next season. That's what I hope personally. Um, Dean, um, Arnold Danjuma, of course, it looks heavily likely. It's not been confirmed by Spurs yet that he's gone back. Um, but he only made nine Premier League appearances this season, uh, scoring one goal, two appearances in the FA Cup, one goal, one appearance uh, in Europe. Um, Arnold Danjuma, he seemed to have got a pretty raw deal at Tottenham because it looked like he was going to sign for Everton in the January transfer window. Spurs nipped in there, got the man and uh, didn't really play him. I felt I felt sorry for him. I thought I thought he I did he did really really well when he came off the bench and and he looked really lively and and he um, was it the game at Preston where he, yeah. he, he sort of, he looked quite transformative and and he actually gave Son a bit more energy around him and a bit more pace around him as well which which was good because I think it was Son who scored the goals up there wasn't it as well um, and it, it was it was just I just I, I he never got a fair crack did he but. Again, we've got a lot of players in those sort of positions. And is he is he ahead of a Kulicheski or a Richarlison or a Son or a Kane? Absolutely not. So for me, I think his race is run. 
I'm going to try and speed up with some of these players now because we're going to be here all night otherwise. Um, Dave, let's come to you on Christian Romero, 25 year, years old, World Cup winner. You spent two seasons with us now, 49 Premier League appearances, one goal. Um, surely we have to base the back line around him. So surely it's a key. Yeah, it has, look, it has to be built around him. And, you know, he's a player that will fit into Ange Postacoglu's team. Absolutely brilliant. Good on the ball, good passing range, not afraid to step up, you know, clatter into people, proactive about defending. He's everything that Ange Postacoglu could wish for. And for me, our best defender by a country mile, and you build around him, you keep him all day long. Craig, do you agree on Romero? Um, I totally agree on Romero. I think he's one of the ones we've got to keep. You're seeing glimpses of the erraticism, that, that is even the word, um, that, that he can show. Uh, you've seen him be the problem, look like the best defender in the world. So, so I, I think he's still learning the game. Um, when he's when he's almost riding that line, he's, he's on that line on the cusp. That's where you want him all the time. It's almost when he knows he's on four yellow cards and if he gets another one, he's going to get banned. That's where you want him because he seems to control himself a lot better. So, for me, Keith Romero. And as regards Dan Juma, I think, yeah, it was sad, sad that he didn't get much more game time. But for me, I don't think we take up the option to sign him. Dean, Ryan Sessegnon, he's, he's spent now three seasons at the club. In his first season, only six Premier League appearances. Second season, 15. And his third season, 17. Uh, he's only scored two Premier League goals for us uh, and one goal in the Champions League. Um, hasn't quite lived up to the expectation. Would you keep him, sell him or loan him or rip up the contract? Was was never good enough. He's never going to be good enough. Um, if we can get money for him, great. Maybe Fulham will take him back. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just... He, he's, had, he's had a lot of chances. Uh, we saw glimpses when... It seemed early season that Perisic was pushing him quite hard and we saw him get into some attacking positions. To me, he looks frightened. He, he doesn't take a game by the scruff of the neck. He's, he's not going to be good enough. So if you can get money for him, great. If not, then he's one of the this rip-up contract. If we were given the free reign of Levy, go. Dave, do you think uh, Ange Postacoglu can get the best out of Ryan Sessegnon or is his time up? No, I think he's time up. I think he's regressed from the player that we, we bought. He's regressed from the player that we've seen at 17 years of age as well. He can't defend. He can't cross the ball going forward. For me, I don't see any use. And actually, strangely, he's one of the ones where the club have actually done everything to get the most out of him. They've tried him left wing, left wing back, left back and sent him out on loan. And he just hasn't improved. He's regressing for me. I think he's one that you might sell because we no one's seen enough of him to know that he's damaged goods, unlike Dyer and others. Craig, let's come to you. Fraser Forster, um, he's played 20 matches in all competitions for Spurs this season. I think 20 more than he thought he was going to play this season, with, of course, the injury of Hugo Lloris. Uh, what have you made of Fraser Forster? Would you like to keep him, sell him, loan him? Or rip up the contract? Yeah, oddly enough, as we said on here before, Fraser Forster, for me, was probably the, the sign-in of the window uh, last summer, uh, it turns out. So, uh, that tells you a lot, a lot doesn't it? But, for me, I think you keep Forster. I think he's a good goalkeeper. He's happy at this stage in his career to be the deputy goalkeeper. I think they are hard to find of being a decent standard. We've been through the Gazanigas and the Galinis. And for me, we've got to keep him. We've got to keep him because he's happy to do the role. He can come in in the Cups. And you know from the back end of this season when Hugo was injured that He's going to do a decent job. He's going to do a decent enough job. And some would say actually better than Lloris. So, um, for me, keep. 
Dean, Dean Kulusevsky spent two seasons with us now, um, seven Premier League goals in 48 Premier League appearances. Rumours are going around that Spurs now want a discount from Juventus. Have you got any information about this deal? And, uh, and would you like to keep him? Would you like Spurs to sign him on a permanent basis or he goes back? Uh, just on, on the deal, it, it'll get done as far as we're aware. Um, it'll get done. It's, it's Obviously, Spurs will try and, at the end. So they, they know the player wants to stay. He's very happy. He's very happy with his move. Um, so, you know, if, if there's a, if there's any negotiating to be done, it's worth a try. Um, but it, he, so he, he'll be there next season. I love him. I, he's he's one of the he's one of the players for me that um, you know we talked about Deli Ali earlier and and obviously the Kane and Son scenario. But he's one of those who just gets you excited. And you know, like when he came off the bench in some of those games when he was coming back for injury, and it was like the whole team flipped a switch. Like, wow, Kulu's back, and he gets fans on the feet. He's young. He's exciting. I think he can get quicker. I think they need to work on his pace a little bit. I think he's he's. His turn of pace is good, but he gets caught up sometimes by fullbacks. Um, so there's a there's a bit of work to be done in coaching. Um, I, I I think he's fantastic, and I really hope we, we. I think in a in a Postacoglu formation with sort of inside right and left attacking midfield players in some home games, he could play there. You know, I think um, Brian Mason almost played him as a ten in some of those games at the end of the season, and he could play there. And we know he can play out out wide on the right. I think he's versatile. I think he'll press hard. Um, and, you know, if the squad was better, you could have him for an hour, as Dave talked about, the, the, like Postacoglu likes to do. He could be a half an hour, give a give a fullback a nightmare or play for an hour and, and go for it. I, I, I love him. I think he's great. And I think he's one of the players the team has to be shaped around. Dave, Pedro Poro, um, another player um, who is about to play under multiple different managers during his very short time at the football club since he's uh, moved from Sporting. Um, 15 Premier League appearances, three goals. Um, what do you make of Pedro Porro? How does he fit into Ange Postacoglu's system? Uh, because, as some of you have already said, uh, Emerson Royale is uh, probably the best right-back we have at the club. Yeah, I absolutely love the Paranator delivering UK-wide. Um, I think he's adapted to the Premier League absolutely brilliantly in terms of technical-wise. Great cross on the ball, set piece takers, skins players, scores goals. I mean, what more do Spurs fans want from, from a signing in January? I think he's been absolutely brilliant, don't get me wrong. I get that there, there, there's defensive issues there, especially at right back. Um, you know, at the Leicester game, it was extremely highlighted. I think that was his debut. But for me, this is a guy that can also play a right wing. Not a problem. Um, you know, he's good enough to be able to handle the ball higher up the pitch. He's got a good cross. He can score goals. So for me, I think you could definitely use him as a right wing if you need to. Um, and I, I think, you know, if, if, if we have a better back line as well and players that are playing in confidence and, and defenders who actually want to defend, I, I, think, I think you'll see people help out Parra a lot more. And I don't think you'll see him get as exposed at right back. So for me... No problem at all with the guy. I'd keep him here. I think he'd fit into Andrew's team. No problem at all. He works hard, gets stuck in, runs off the ball, presses people. What more does Andrew want? Craig, Jaffa Tanganga. He's only made 27 Premier League appearances during his time at Spurs. Only four Premier League appearances this season. Do you think it's time up for Tanganga? Yeah, he nearly he nearly um nearly went the other year, didn't he? But couldn't get that deal with I think it was was it Roma, some it was some Italian side that were it was or was it AC Milan, one one of those yeah. um last Milan, yeah, it was last minute sort of like fell through. But 
look, Spurs boy came through the academy, but for me, he's he's, he's tried and he's he's not not going to force his way in. I think I've seen enough that I think he needs to move on. Jaffet, uh, wish him all the best, but I think it's time for him to just move on. I think we can, I think somebody out there will uh, will buy him. I think I think we can get some money for him. So for me, sell. Yeah, it's the same question I asked earlier. Four Premier League appearances all season. A player can't be happy with that amount of game time. Um, no. Dean, I know I know it's been confirmed that Lucas Moura is going, um, but I just thought that we ought to um, just discuss Lucas Moura. Uh, of course, the best moment of his Spurs career will always be the Ajax moment. Where were you? Who are you with when you watched that game? I was I was with my boys um, and uh, I you know I, I thanked Mora for one of the best moments I, I I actually turned down a ticket I had some family commitments that I I, it, I say turn it was it was not really a choice it was a very difficult one but it wasn't but so I, I would have been there so he he gave us that final and you know we thank him for it but unfortunately I don't remember anything else good <laughs> That's just, you know and and. For me, that's the that's that's the problem. I thought he was clearly a lovely guy, clearly loads of effort, but he he just wasn't good enough, was he really? And it's such a shame because that that night of all nights um, should have been remembered much more fondly. I think a good hat trick at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the first hat trick at a new home against Huddersfield. Also, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's yeah, fair point. Yeah, um, Dave, let's come to you. Papa Matasar, twenty years old. 11 Premier League appearances, two in the FA Cup, one in Europe, a total of 14 appearances this season. Uh, would he benefit from a loan, do you think? No, I actually think he'd, be, he'd benefit from staying around at Tottenham. I actually think, again, he's another one that I predict that Ange Postacoglu would absolutely love and get the most out of. You know, he could play anywhere across that tree in the midfield and needs him to. He's got them big, long legs. He'll get around the midfield, no problem at all. And technically, I think he's sound. I, I, I don't understand why he hasn't seen more minutes at Tottenham. I think that game away at the San Siro, I thought he was much better than Ollie Skip. I thought he offered us more than Ollie Skip. But since then, Skip has been favoured. I don't know whether that's because he's homegrown or not. But Papa Matasar has had to suffer. Now, look, I take it that, you know, the game against, what was it, Southampton, he came off the bench. I think he gave away the penalty from the high foot. No, there's still yeah. good step to learn. But for me, I think this is a guy that we need to get into the team. And I think we need to unlock his potential. We brought him here to, to, to bring us into the new era of Tottenham Hotspur. So let's give him the opportunity. I Craig. Craig, probably a silly question here. Rodrigo Bentenker, um, probably one of our best players last season until his injury. Um, and it's expected that he will miss, you know, the, the first few months of the season, certainly. Um, two seasons with us uh, at the moment. Uh, 35 Premier League appearances, five goals. All five goals came this season. We've really missed him, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Absolutely. Um, brilliant footballer and um, 100% you got to keep him. For me... Looks like uh, it will be November, December. We heard that he's going to come back. This is a funny injury, as I've said on the air. I've had that injury to both knees. Obviously not the standard at all that, that professional footballers are and they get a lot more care and attention. But it's a funny, funny, funny injury. It takes a while. I don't care who you are. It takes a while for you to get your confidence back in the knee. Um, and some players never quite get back to the standard they're at because it affects everything. affects your balance, everything. So... Uh, don't expect him to come back and be 100%, even if it's November. He won't be right again till probably January, February time. So, um, But 100% for me, you've got to keep him. 
if he comes if he comes back seventy percent of the player he was before, he's still our best midfield player. Yeah, yeah and that's I the agree. funny thing, isn't it? Uh, that, that that is you're spot on what you said there, and that I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, it just goes to show what uh, great signings they were in that January transfer window, which of course helped us get into the top four: Kulusevski and Benzinka. Um, Dean, next up, Ben Davis, 30 years old, joined us back in July 2014 from Swansea. Nine seasons with us, 208 Premier League appearances, six goals. Ben Davis, would you like to keep him, sell him, loan him, or rip up his contract? It all depends if we sign a left back. If you know, if we if we sign a top quality left back to play in a back four for for Ange, then then you can sell him or or do whatever. You know, I, I think Ben Davis has been a fantastic servant. He's one player you never can question absolutely 100%. He adjusted well to play either left centre-back or left wing-back. There was a couple of errors in there. Was there one against Man City that wasn't particularly good and, and, a, and a couple of others? But he never looked at Ben Davis and never thought he was letting you down and he, and he adapted through it. Look, if we're talking top four ambitions and trophy ambitions, then it's another one where Ben Davis is... Is, is sort of on the fringes of it. But again, you see it with Wales. You see, you've seen it with Spurs where he, he can step, to, step up and, uh, and, and do, do the job that's required when it's required. And that, that might sound harsh when we say about players sitting on benches, but um, I, I'd keep him around and, until we know we've got left full-backs and, and left centre-backs who are better than him. Dave, I think your face says it all. Would you prefer to sell him? Because... I'll be honest, I think that Ben Davis over the years has received a lot of unfair criticism. Look, I would sell him. I, I, and the reason why is I actually struggle to see where he's going to fit in in the Ange Postacoglu team. We can say left-back, but the reality is, the reason why he's been playing left-sided centre-back, uh, uh, you know, and, and it was Jose Mourinho who actually moved him inside first against Antwerp that time in, in, in the European League, is because he kept on getting rolls to that left-back. You know, with, the, with, with how fast and tricky the wingers are nowadays, he just cannot keep up. You've seen there the last few games of the season, he got exposed time and time again down that side. Aston Villa, Brentford, he just could not keep up. So left back, I don't think he's good enough anymore. But also, you know, we're not playing for at the back and I don't think he's good enough to play left 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 centre back over two either. I think playing him in the tree system really suits him. But as, as, as a back four and in a two... I don't, I, I don't think he's good enough. So for me, I actually struggle to see where someone like Ben Davies is going to fit in. However, you know, I think he's contracted till he's 33. He's got three years left on his contract, um, you know, but he's on colossal wages again. He's on 80, 90 grand a week again. And for me, I, I, I just, I don't think we should be playing that players that much for, for a bit part role, for a backup role. It's, it's too much. And if we do really want to see a new hungry year at Tottenham Hotspur, you have to start replacing these guys and getting younger guys who are more hungrier. You want to chase down, you, you know, the, the, the players in front of them rather than just accept that role. And for me, Ben Davies has been one that has just accepted that backup role. And and and, it, and for me, it reflects in his, in his performances when he comes on. I don't think he's good enough on the football as well. I'm not going to sit here and question his heart, his desire and stuff. He puts his body on the line. But on the ball, he's not good enough. And I just, I just fail to understand where he's actually going to fit in on this new era at Tottenham. And the wages alone, I think we should chip him on. As a whole, Dave, and I'm not singling out any players here, um, when they go into the Tottenham Hotspur um, training ground, Hotspur Way, um, the training facilities, as everyone says, are world-class. You go into that world-class stadium. 
Now, when I've read out some of the stats of some of these players playing so little games, especially this season, is it hard to offload players because they're happy? And you've mentioned uh, the wages, the great wages that some of these players are on. Is it the case now that some of these players are more, well, I'm playing at a great stadium, I'm playing at a good football club, I'm playing, uh, you know, training at a great training ground, I'm earning good money. What do I want to leave for? That, that, that's exactly it. They're comfortable. You know, they want to hang on to what they've got at Tottenham. They want to hang on to the prestige of, of being at a top four club. They also know with the training facilities, if they go elsewhere, that, 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 you know, they, they ain't going to get that elsewhere. But also, you look at their wages. They're probably, you're probably having them, if not taking more than half of them as well. So that means their lifestyle takes a hit. And, you know, with, with the performances, with the amount of managers that have come and gone, you know, these players have had a massive say in it. Even Ben Davies under Nuno. You know, he was told he wasn't good enough. He wasn't in the first team plan. So he went to Daniel Levy to get him sacked. Rather than sitting down and, and you know, reassessing and doing his best to get into the team and doing what the manager wants him to do to get into the team. And we've seen this too many times with a lot of these individuals, Dyer, Sanchez, they're all the same. But the reason why they do it is because they know they're not good enough to be here and they're trying to hang on to the lifestyle that Tottenham Hotspur provides them because they will not get it anywhere else. And and, and, and you see it reflected on performances in the pitch, you know, with, with how passive they are, how much they, you know, one thing I can't forgive is the lack of work rate from a lot of these guys over the last few years. Even in cup games when they've stepped in, there's a dramatic drop off in terms of performances willingness, eagerness, just to run about. And it's not there. These guys are way too comfortable and they need to be shipped on. And we need to get young, hungry players who do want to be here and who do push the first-team players. Because right now, you've also got first-team players who know that no one's going to be pushing them for their place. So that allows them to become comfortable. And it all has a knock-on effect. And for me, if you want to get rid of that problem, you've got to get rid of the whole lot of them. Well... Uh, Clement Langley is up next. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, many reports that I've seen in the past couple of weeks, some reports are stating that Spurs could get a deal done for as low as £6 million. Some have stated up to £19 million. Now, reports have been going around the last couple of months that Tottenham wanted to sign Clement Langley on a permanent deal. Is this going to count as a club signing? Because surely Ange Postacoglu has not said, we want to sign Clement Longley, get this deal done. This has been in the pipeline for some time. Yeah, and for me, uh, we shouldn't even be going anywhere near him. Um, I think we should let him go back to Barcelona. Uh, for me, there's nothing between him and Ben Davis. And if it's a straight choice between Ben Davis and Longley, Ben Davis every single day of the week. I think he's going to be more popular around the squad again. He's, he's more of a, what we're talking about, Eric Dyer being popular around the team, one of the leaders, not a Hoybier type. Very smart lad. Uh, I believe that he can act as role models and, and mentors to the young players. I think you keep him, and certainly as a squad player, because as Dean said, we, we can't get rid of everyone. He needs to build a squad. We need the squad. Ben Davies is not going to let you down. And for me, if it's a choice between Longley and Davies, what's the point? And look, we've already got rid of Sessignon and Perisic tonight. We've only got Adogia right back. I know, uh, left back, sorry. I know we're going to come on to Regulon. But I can almost guarantee that the majority of us are probably going to send Regulon on his way. So that means buying a left back. We've got a left back in Ben Davis. I think the Doji is going to be the number one choice. But for me, I think you keep Ben Davis. Um, and long leg, like I say, but thank you very much. But back to Barcelona for me. We've got a couple of players left, and then we will be on to the lone players. This is what I'm really looking forward to. Um, Dean, 
Uh, Eve Basuma, um, we paid £30 million from Brighton last summer. And I had to double check this stat because um, I thought it was wrong, but it is absolutely right. 23 Premier League appearances, 28 appearances in all competitions. It doesn't feel like Eve Basuma has played 28 games for us this season. What do you make of his season? Uh, well, very disappointing season on the whole. Um, but I, I went to Villa away. Um, was that, what was that? Second to last game, wasn't it? Um, and um, he changed the game. He changed the game yeah. completely. And uh, and all of a sudden, it looked like we were playing in, in fourth gear instead of second gear. And he moved the ball forward. It was quick. And he intercepted well. And the Villa midfield, which was totally dominant until that point, all of a sudden had a game. For me, it, you know, if, if we're going to play with this single, single holder, then he can do that. And in games against the likes of City and United and Arsenal and, and Liverpool, and you want to play an, an extra body, if you like, an extra strong man in there, you could play, if you keep Hoiberg, you could play both of them. Um, or Benton calls back, you can play both of them. He's a quality footballer. We haven't seen the best of him yet. He he's he will be a top class player for Spurs, I think. And for me, he's in, in, in amongst only half a dozen who are absolutely hundred percent key. Yeah, I completely agree. I was very very excited when we signed Pesuma because he was unbelievable for Brighton and was uh, consistently for a number of seasons. Um, Dave, let's come to you on the two goalkeepers, Alfie Whiteman and Brandon Austin. Uh, they're both twenty four. Um, Brandon Austin is yet to make a competitive appearance for Spurs. Alfie Whiteman has made one appearance for the club back in the 2020-2021 season under Jose in Europe. Uh, would you keep them, sell them, loan or rip up their contracts? Nah, for me, I'd rip up their contracts. I think Alfie Whiteman, one of his long moves was out to Sweden. Um, Brandon Austin's... Um, he was out at, uh, what was it, MLS or something like that. Orlando. Rage. Um, don't really see them getting much better. Don't ever see them getting a number one spot at Tottenham. And when you're signing someone like Josh Keeley to come in up and uh, up and coming behind them, it doesn't look like Tottenham have too many plans for them either. So, again, I know it sounds harsh, but uh, I'd rip up the contracts. We can't have too many players hanging around here not doing anything. We've got a five-a-side team, Dave, now. I'm not sure we've got any left. No, I'm going to fill it up with some of the loan players. Don't worry. We're going to play two-two. We're going to play two-two-six under Dave. <laughs> well, this has got to be a ruthless rebuild, you know. Um, yeah. Craig. Now we've got eleven players left, and these are all the players that spent time away on loan this season from Tottenham Hotspur. Sergio Reglon, three seasons at Spurs, 52 appearances in the Premier League for Tottenham, two goals. He's 26 years old. He spent time this season on loan at Atletico Madrid. 11 league appearances, zero goals, a total of 12 appearances in all competitions. Sergio Reglon, can he get back playing for Tottenham Hotspur? Not even sentimental, but I like I like Reggie. When he first came, I really liked him as a player when he was left back. Um, I personally would like him to, I'd like Ange to give him another go to see what he's all about. I'd like to keep him around for six months and then, you know, there's another transfer window in January. I think I think he deserves another crack. So, yeah, regular, I'll keep an eye on that one. I, I'm not saying, uh, look at me, I feel like I'm a reporter. Yeah, yeah keep an eye on that one. Um I, I, I think I think uh, Regulon might stand, of all the lonely players. I think he might stand a chance actually. So yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he sticks around. Were you surprised though, Craig? At the time, um, I think he was the the one that 
people were most surprised about that he didn't get on the plane to South Korea under Conte. Very, very. Um, as I say, I always thought he was, I mean, obviously he had some bad games. He did drop off a bit, but he came in with Bale, didn't he? And they obviously knew each other. And, you know, it was a big hype around him. It, apparently we've been tracking him for a few years, haven't we? And, and Daniel Levy had wanted him for a few years. The club had looked at him and, I think he started off reasonably well. It was him and Ben Davis, and he was getting in ahead of Davis. So um, I, I, I just think um, he's had an injury, hasn't he? When he's been away, he's had a bad injury, so yeah. he's probably not been playing that much. So, so yeah, for, for me, I think I, th- I think we, um, as if he plays four at the back, which he does, him and the doggy, um, I, th- I think that we're battling out for a position, get rid of Perisic and Sessignon. I think that's. Um, that's not bad. Not bad. Give him another look for six months, I think. Yeah. Dean, Harry Winks, uh, of course, he's had injury problems, spent uh, the season on, on loan at Sampdoria, 20 league games for them this season. Of course, Harry Winks played in a Champions League final only four years ago for Spurs. Uh, do you think that he could ever wear a Spurs shirt again? Not for me, no. Um, he's a, he's another one who, because he came through the youth system and and whatever there was, there was hopes beyond what his ability can can provide. Um, I, I, you know, he, he's a he's a bottom half of the Premier League midfield player, um, and I hope he and I, I hope he gets a, a nice move and can can get some lots more game time. And you know, his his best his best performance was in an England shirt in Spain, um, and uh, but then we've not seen anything like those levels again. Um, so no, we've got we've got to cut some losses there, and that, and and that's one of them. He's just not good enough. What, what sort of money do you think that Spurs will demand for someone like Harry Winks if he left on a permanent deal? I think if someone offered in the region of ten to fifteen million pounds, they'd bite their hands off. Uh, I, I think it's quite a difficult market this summer. There's the, the big contracts, and you know the, the longer contracts are not being offered. So I think there'll be some mid, a lot of mid-ranging transfers that players, you know, will move around a little bit, a lot of moving pieces, but. I think 15 million quid and, and that's that's good value all round, I think. Dave, let's come to you. Brian Hill, who, of course, has just won the Europa League with Sevilla, uh, of course, spent time on loan at uh, Valencia during the 21-22 season. He's only played 31 games for Tottenham, still 22. Um, is there an opportunity for him to play in the Premier League? Because so many people have said that he's lightweight, the Premier League doesn't suit him. Is it best that we cash in because remember we paid a lot of money for him and uh, of course Eric Lamella went the other way as well yeah look for me the prophet Gil Messi I like the guy I, I think he should have been given the opportunity last season bringing in Dan Juma on loan to send him out on loan did not make any sense for me whatsoever we should have kept Gil around he was making an impact off the bench he was starting to get into the team like that Palace game and he was just starting to show what he could do but he's been unlucky. We've had managers in here that don't play attack and football that just don't know what to do with him whatsoever. Whereas I think someone like uh, Ange Postacoglu will know what to do with him. And I say to everyone that calls him weak and, you know, he lacks the physicality. Go and listen to what Harry Redknapp said about Luka Modric. You know, Harry Redknapp, despite everyone in and around the club and everyone telling him you cannot play the guy in the middle because he's, he's, not, he's physically he's not able well, he put him in the middle and he never turned back since and the guy went on to win a Ballon d'Or. Sometimes your first touch can just be that good that no one can get near you. 
out wide, Gil Messi, it's easy to show him out, 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 out by the byline and knock him off the ball. You put him inside, in, in a cam position, he can move left, he can move right, and he's going to create absolute havoc. He'll pick you up a hell of a lot of free kicks. And for me, I think you just need some manager that wants to believe in him. And if Gil wants to stay, you keep him around. I did see a nice picture of him on the exercise bike earlier. So I wonder, has he got the call from Ange Postacoglu? Get ready, boy. Or, you know, is he a guy that maybe, um, you know, Sevilla are going to take up and bring him back? Who knows? But for me, I think we're missing a trick if we do not move this guy into a, inside into a camp and see what he's all about. He's a good yeah. presser as well. He's a very good presser. He's Works a relentless out. presser. Goes at fullbacks and closes them down. I've got to say as well, Dean, it, uh, when I was in South Korea last season um, with that very intense training session, Brian Hill was one of the best trainers. He was still going, um, wasn't he? He was still um, going, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and also Davinson Sanchez, but that doesn't go for a lot. Um, but Brian Hill, definitely <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Craig, um, Giovanni Lo Celso, um, a player with so much promise. Um, I've never really rated him, if I'm completely honest. Um, three seasons at Spurs... Um, two loan spells at Villarreal. Um, Giovanni Lo Celso, do you think that Ange Postacogli will fancy him to come back into this Tottenham Hotspur squad? Yeah, what I'm amazed of what I have heard is that he's one of the players that you think he will actually have a look at. And for me, I'm agree with you. I've never really rated uh, Gio Lo Celso. So for me, I think you've just got to sell him, cut your losses and sell him. Um, it's good. From what you hear, he, he was a little bit of a troublemaker. Uh, he wasn't getting in the team. So I think that's why. Was it Mourinho sent him out on loan? Can't even really remember now. Um, just get get rid. I, think, I, I don't think we need him. I don't think he's, he's a fantastic player. Um, I think there's more where he came from. So for me, sell him. I, I think he's an interesting one, though, in a, in a Postacoglu formation. And I, I also, I've got this nagging thing that if Unai Emery wants him, Aston Villa, that he's going to be quite good up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Dean, I've got to come to you on this one. Uh, due to your personal message to me the other day, um, Tongi on Dombella, I don't know how long we're going to be on this one. Tongi on Dombella, of course, our record signing, 63 Premier League appearances for us, six goals, um, 91 appearances in total, 10 goals in all competitions, 26 years old. He's just won the Serie A title with Napoli. Um, do you think that Postacoglu can bring Tongi on Dombele in and get the best out of him that some managers haven't been able to do at Tottenham? Well, the, the one big question for me in all of that is, is not about ability, is can Ange Postacoglu get Ndombele to run? Because let's be honest, some of those games at the beginning, he was downright disrespectful to those of us sat in the stands. We saw, all of us saw that video of him not tracking back and not, not coming. I was actually sat about eight rows back there on that day and I was screaming at him. You know, and that, and that, and it's not, it's not ability. It's not, you know, as far as ability goes in a Tottenham midfield, he's up there with Bentoncourt and and Dembele and and Modric for for actual ball skill and ability. But you can't do it unless you run. You can't play in the Premier League unless you run. Um, and and if and if he can get him to run, then we have got a player on our hands. You know, and the the guy can turn. Um, like half the size of his body. You know, he's a big guy. He's, he's got a big, strong base and he spins away from players. His passing ability, some of the assists early doors when he first came into that team, we were like, wow, well, you know, we haven't had a player with this vision for a long time. One thing I have heard is that when Tottenham were very keen to tout him out um, as far as a loan move went, 
Postacoglu wanted him at Celtic. You know, so there's there's a there's a little link there, and there's may you know can he can he think maybe he'll be his little project. Um, but you know, again, the, the formation that he's looking at, um, if if he can if he can come in with training and attitude and actually run, he could fit into that that sort of formation. He could he could fit into that way of playing. I'm not sure he'd have the the engine room and the and the you know the 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 tackling ability to play against the the Man City games and the Liverpool games. But how many games have we watched where we sit there and watch some of these players try and unpick a defence and none of them could do it? You know, and Ndombele could be that could be that player. Um, I, I I'd give him a year again, or give him January till January at least. Let, let's let's see let's see what the guys got on the ball when the team's flying forward and and we're knocking passes around and and you know I've only got to take a chance on one or two of these lone players and I think he might be one of them. I'm going to be controversial because I would sell Tong Yon Dombele. What about you, Dave? I think look, I think you'd rip up his contract. To be honest with you, I want I cannot forgive him for what he done against Morecambe. I'm sorry, I can't. You know, you're losing yeah. to Morecambe and then the crowd start booing him and then he walks even slower. That is taking the piss. That's not respecting the badge or the club or the fans that pay spend good money to come and pay to watch this guy. On that basis alone, I think his contract should be ripped up. But, you know, in an Ange Postacoglu system, I failed to see how he's going to work. The guy's not going to run. The work ethic is not there. Hard work beats talent every single day of the week. And with Ange Postacoglu, if he wants any chance of surviving at Tottenham and the likes of Kane, Son and others to buy into his message, he cannot uh, He cannot allow his message to be screwed just for someone like Endon Belly. He has to commit to the, the principles of hard work in and out of possession. If he makes allowances for Endon Belly, he ain't going to succeed at Tottenham Hotspur. So he has to stick to that. And for me... What message as well would that be by Tottenham Hotspur to rip up his 200 grand a week contract? You know, it'd send out a message to anyone thinking about coming here and taking the piss. Don't. And it'll send out a message to everyone else around the club who are on a lot less wages than them. If they're going to do it to him, they'll do it to me. So I'll better up my game. So for me, I think, you know, it benefits more by ripping up his contract and sending out a statement that way rather than even try and cash in and regain anything. For me, you know, we didn't do our homework in the first place. He's always had a long-term history of fitness issues. If You know, I'm surprised the scouts didn't find that out because you could have just found it on Google anyway. We got sold a dud. It's time to move on. Do you sell paper shredders? You tear up so many contracts. I wonder what's there. But you know what? For Tottenham Hotspur to succeed, this has to happen. So many players have been have have, have come and gone, and and not 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 improved the situation. But also, the reason why it hasn't been improved is because you've got a lot of guys hanging around here that are part of the leadership group. That anytime it looks like they're next out the door. The manager gets sacked, or this happens, or that happens, and they throw the manager under the bus. So if we want to improve Tottenham Hotspur and get us going in the right way and a chance of winning trophies, we have to undertake this rebuild. It's going to be painful. It's going to be harsh, but it has to happen because I can no longer watch losing football. And I certainly can't watch a team that, that doesn't even embody the era that's in, which is working class. The minimum should be hard work. It is crazy, though, isn't it? For, for a team that is quite often criticised about not spending money, £100 million between Lo Celso and uh, Tongi Ondombele. And, and, of course, both of them have spent time out on loan this season and Ondombele winning a trophy, which uh, I think is madness as well. A lot of these players seem to go out on loan or, or, or leave Tottenham on a permanent basis and they always seem to win silverware. Um, mm. Craig, let's come to you. Jed Spence. 
club signing, as Antonio Conte said on a number of occasions, £20 million, um, eight league appearances for Rennes, um, ten in all competitions this season for the French side. Um, Jed Spence, is there a way in uh, to the Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven for Jed Spence under Postacoglu? Can I just uh, comment on Tongi very quickly, cool. Chris? I know we're approaching the two-hour mark, but um, Tongi and Domblay reminds me of... Um, for those of you that have seen Mike Bassett, England manager, Lonnie Urquhart, when he said about somebody in the team has all the turning power or pulling power of a Renault Spax, that's a bit like Tungi and Dombele. And it, is, like, it doesn't really be bothered. He knows he's good, but he can't really be asked to do it. But what I'd love to see, Tongi, I was massively excited when we signed him because you could see there's a player in there. And so manager after manager has tried. But what I would say, he came under Poch, didn't really get that much time to work with Poch. And then he had two pragmatic managers. I don't even think Nuno had a look at him, did he? So uh, we don't talk about Nuno on this channel. Sorry, Chris, I've got that. So um, Conte and Mourinho, he just wasn't ever going to fit into their system. I think Angie could fit into that system. So I, I'm, I'm with Dean on this. I'd like to see Tongi given another six months and then we ship him out, rip up his contract or give it to Dave Shredder, personally. If after January, Ange can't do it if we move it, Get rid. Well, do do what you want to do with him. But personally, I'd give him one more go. And I was at that Morgan game, and I was I was extremely annoyed. I'm not going to swear the way he was trotting off that pitch very slowly. I think Brian Gill actually ran past him to get off the pitch, from what I remember. So um, look, give the guy another chance. But that's just my opinion. Coming on to Jed Spence, 100% keep. I was excited when we signed Jed Spence. I think he was one of my favourite signings of the summer. He was the one I was always checking my phone to see if we got that one over the line. I think, again, he could play further up the pitch, a bit a bit like uh, Porro. I think he could play further up. Um, I don't think you necessarily see him as a right-back. I think he's so good attacking-wise. He was in the box quite a lot when he was on the pitch for a few minutes uh, this season, earlier in the season. So, for me, I think... Uh, Jed's got um, a bit of work to do, but I think I think Angel will like him, um, and I think he should be given a chance again. Keep. I think Spurs fans expected far too much of Jed Spence far too early. He became this sort of stick to beat the club with because mm. he wasn't playing. We didn't forget he didn't play. He only played Championship football before, you know. And not everyone does what Deli Ali did and, and come charging into a team from from like that. And especially a team that's already playing, you know, playing European football. Um, so, like, yeah, Jed is the backup, backup right back to, to Emerson Royal with the potential that Porro could play up there as well. I think that Jed Spence could learn an enormous amount from that. And, and I think by the end of the year, we'll be talking about Emerson Royal as the backup to Jed Spence. Dean, next up is Joe Roden. We've signed him for approximately £11 million back in October 2020. Um, 15 Premier League appearances for Spurs in three seasons. Of course, spent time at Wren this season on loan. 16 league appearances for them, one goal, a total of 22 in all competitions. Um, still only 25. Is there a future for Joe Roden at Tottenham? No. Nowhere near good enough. Cannot for the life of me figure out why we signed him in the first place, unless it was something to do with the Gareth Bale contract and a Gareth Bale return in there somewhere. But it, it's uh, just... He he's I, I I'd struggle to put him as a Premier League player, let alone a let alone a Tottenham Hotspur player. Um, just uh, yeah, not not good enough. No, whatever we whatever money we can get for him. Yeah, completely agree. Um, Dave, next up is Harvey White, twenty-one year old midfielder. 
One Premier League appearance for Spurs, one FA Cup, one European, so three in total in all competitions. Uh, spent time away at Portsmouth on loan in the 2021 season and uh, away at Derby, 15 league appearances for them. Uh, keep, sell, loan, rip up the contract. Um, for me, I keep him around. This is where I start filling out my squad. Um, someone like Harvey White, I think, you know, why not give him a chance? He's been hang he's hung around for long enough. He's been spoken about for quite some time in around this squad. He can also play left back. He's a set piece specialist. And for me, it's about time we start a path, uh, you know, making a pathway for some of these guys rather than letting them go off and sign off for clubs around Europe and then watching them being sold for 30, 40, 50 million. Let's clear a pathway and give some of them a chance because surely they can't do any worse than some of what we've already seen, including the money and the wages we've outlaid on some of the guys coming in here. We spoke about divine white people like that long enough. Now's the new era at Tottenham Hotspur. Let's give them the opportunity and let's start filling out the squad with them. The only way you're going to know if they're good enough is by putting them out there. Craig, Destiny, your doggy. Uh, of course, we've signed him from Udinese. Um, he spent time on loan there. 33 league appearances this season. Uh, three goals. 20 years old. Uh, Italian under-21 international. How excited are you to see him? Very, very much so. Um, all good reports coming out of Italy. I've watched a couple of the games, not not tons, to be honest, but I'm more, more interested in what people have said about him uh, and the reports uh, from Italy. And he's been one of the top defenders in Italy this year. So very excited to what he could bring. I was actually did a bit of research on him when we signed him last year and I thought, God, we could have done with him last season. But I'll tell you what, he's, um, he's, he's, he's stayed. Uh, hopefully, he's, he's learned English um, so he can communicate with the squad and the manager. And I, I'm really excited to see what he can bring. Yeah, really, really excited. Dean, lastly, um, two young strikers, Troy Parrott, 21 years old, spent time uh, on loan at Preston this season. Um, three league goals in 29 appearances. And Dane Scarlett uh, for Portsmouth, four league goals in 31 uh, league appearances. Um, do you think that either one of these or both of these players could make any Spurs appearances next season? Uh, I, I don't think Parrot. I, th I think that he had a, a lot of chances at Preston and and he he's physically was more ready for that lower level as well for the, the, the different type of game. And, and if he was going to really make an impact, then he would have done. Um, but he didn't, so no, I don't think I don't think we'll see him in a Tottenham shirt. Um, Scarlett, I mean, a couple of the people that I talked to could not speak highly enough about the kid and and his attitude and his training and and his finishing and and I think that um, they've Pom Pompey I think would freely admit that they didn't get the best out of him, but the way that they started the season playing in a particular way and he scored quite a few goals at the beginning and he, and, and it was like, oh, this kid's going to set the, set the league on fire. But it didn't quite go his way. A couple of niggly injuries in there. But I think I think there's something there with him. I'd, li I'd like to see him be the one come off the bench, you know, for those five, ten minutes, hopefully when we're winning games, in, instead of someone like Dan Juma, who we talked about earlier, who we're investing money in for not much time. I think it's, it's better to do it the other way around with the Scarlet. Well, we've gone through the whole squad, um, even all of the players that are coming back from loan spells. Um, last question for you all, the same question to everybody. Um, what are you expecting in terms of incomings uh, for this rebuild for Ange Postacoglu? Dean, let's start with you. 
What am I expecting? I'm expecting a very, very busy period where there are lots of ins and outs. Um, and I'm also expecting a typical Daniel Levy last week of the window where we're left waiting on, on quite a few. What I'd like is Raya, uh, Laporte or Maguire, James Madison and another attacker. Maguire, really? Yeah. He'd fit him well, be fine. Dave, do you agree? <laughs> Look, I would have took I would have took Maguire on loan back in January for sure with some of the stuff we were watching. I think he's better than, than some of the stuff we were watching. Would I would I pay for him permanently right now? No. What I expect though is a complete overhaul of that back line, new goalkeeper, maybe a Canberra in here. Um and for me, let's let's just kick on and and you know, go, go and show the rest of the league how, how good we are when, when, when we play attacking football. I'm just, I'm absolutely sick to death of what I've seen over the last few years. And if we don't act in this window and we don't, I know people might may say, look, Dave, you come across as rootless, this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, the guys that I want gone, they're not going to progress Tottenham Hotspur. They've all had their opportunities. And it just shows how much money we've actually wasted. And that spending money at Tottenham is not the issue. It's 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 the research into the players we're bringing in here, which is which is the issue. Also, the chopping and changing of managers and direction. So for me, let's just get rid of the players we need to get out, get in the players we need to get in, and a nice efficient manager. And let's give time Ange to uh, Cook. Let's see what he can do at Tottenham. Craig, lastly, what are you expecting? Well, all all I all I was sitting here thinking was if if Dave Harris gets the job as director of football at Tottenham, I hope his uh, shredder's been oiled and had a had a, had a maintenance check because he's going to be working overtime. Um, look, I, I who I expect to get in. All I expect is, or all I hope is, that Ange gets exactly who he wants, regardless yeah. of what I think. You know, new I could sit here and say new goalkeeper. Uh, two decent centre backs, uh, a creative midfielder. I'll take Madison and another uh, forward-thinking player, whether that be a striker or a winger, or to replace Mora or whatever. Because you've got to remember, we're losing Mora, and if we let Dan Juma go, we've got to find some replacement there. He's going to want some replacement there. And um, personally, I kind of agree with Dean about Maguire. I wouldn't take him as a first choice, but uh, I would. I've said on here before, and I know people disagree with me, but. You've got to remember, and I'll come back to it again, Harry Kane has touted Harry Maguire. So don't be surprised if those links continue. But I'm not saying that I would 100% take him, but I think he's better than what we've got there. Is he Is he what we need to, to push us forward? No. There's better defenders. But as a squad player, Maguire, I'll take him all day long. But you've got to remember, Harry Kane, <laughs> his mates with Maguire, and he will have recommended him. And if it keeps Harry happy... That's what I'm saying. If it keeps Harry happy, you kind of got to look at it. So don't be surprised. But uh, bottom... happy too. Sorry, mate. He'll keep Enfield Golf Course happy too. He will. And look, if Sanchez goes, he wears number six. So, you know, it's a straight swap, isn't it? So, look, I just want to see progression this season. I want to see us finish. I think top six is definitely achievable. I know that's not shooting for fourth, but you've got to be realistic. I think if we get back in the Europa League, that's progress. And hopefully we can win a cup as well. And from what, everything I've heard, he's going to take the cup seriously. Because look, we haven't got as many games. He can play. We're going to be playing mainly one game a week on the odd cup game uh, midweek. So look, FA Cup don't start till January. We, we haven't got as many games. 
it would be thoroughly depressing if we only played 40 games this year. Because that's what you're looking at if we go out of both cups, both yeah. first round. So, come on, let's um, let's trust him, Big Ange. Hope he gets what he wants and um, see where we are uh, in the transfer window. Well, let me just say to everybody watching and listening, thanks so much for staying with us uh, for this two-hour uh, show. I didn't expect it to go on for this long. Um, Craig, Dean and uh, Dave, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Um, Dean, thanks so much for... Uh, joining us today and tell everyone where they can find you and your wonderful work. Uh, well, I, you, don't, you don't see my name very often as I'm sat here scribbling silly headlines most of the time. But uh, yeah, um, so still the sun in print and online. And um, yeah, we're uh, one thing I always like to say when people ask me about my job is that we're football fans first as well. So um, I'm in a very privileged position to be able to see stories and, and then project them out to everyone to read. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. And Dave... Uh, thanks so much indeed, and tell everyone where they can find your wonderful channel. Yeah, you can find me over at the Irish Hotspur, Greece, in my shredder, or my shredder for all the contracts that I'm ripping up. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Get over there, smash the subscribe button, whether you agree with me or, with me or not. I'm just as a passionate Spurs fan as you, so get over there and, and, and show me some love and support. Thank you, Dave. And uh, Craig, thanks so much. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, on Twitter at DMA9. If you want to give me a follow, that'd be lovely. I think I think Dave's ripped up your chair, Chris. He looks like you've sunk sunk down. I don't know what's quite happened. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been good fun. It's been really good fun. Well, Dave, Craig, and Dean, thanks so much for your time this evening. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.